Hey everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, episode 177. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Where's Connor? Connor's in... I want to say Bulgaria. <laughs> we care so less. So little about Connor that we don't even know where he went. I think it was Bulgaria. Jeez. Uh, oh, it was Hungary, it was Bulgaria. Like, go to a normal place like Florida. Was it Uzbekistan? I don't know. Like it could have been anywhere. Uh, but he's he's off he's off doing things uh, in a sunny place. Uh, so me and Matt are here hold down the fort. Uh, it's a quiet week for books because uh, we talk about DC Comics, of course. Coming up on this week's show, we have Batman issue eighty one, Justice League thirty four, Aquaman fifty three, Jimmy Olsen number four, Metal Man issue one, and Tales from the Dark Multiverse issue one, Batman Nightfall. Uh, which is that's that's at least how Comicsology worded it they put issue one at the end of multiverse but that would imply that the next one would be issue two like death of superman which i don't think is true no so they'll each be they're they're one shots but they're, they're all, part yeah of they're the all issue ones yeah dark multiverse although i will say i mean we'll get into it when we talk about it but i will say that it does seem to be at least a slight connected tissue between the yeah. one shots uh, which we'll get into. A, well we'll talk about that when we get there yeah uh so yeah so that's the books coming up today we got a few questions from people on the twitters um and maybe even the emails. Well, I haven't checked the email. I'll have to do that as we're going. But uh, but we do have solicits, so we have a big big solicits uh, dump to talk about, and it's a pretty big news uh, nestled in those solicits uh, worth worth talking about. So uh, it should be an interesting show, uh, even with the uh, the ginger naysayer uh, absent. Yeah. The negative force. He, he couldn't miss a big bend this week, huh? <laughs> I know. Literally, the week he misses, there's not a single bend this week. <laughs> This guy. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's going to try and be back next week, but he gets back from vacation like a day before the show. So, I mean, can he read all of next week's books? Or all of his books, at least? There's, there's a lot next week, too. So Yeah. So Probably not, but I'd like to see him try. It would be funny, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would be funny. Uh, so that's the books that are coming up. Um, how's your week been, Matt? We'll keep the small talk to a minimum since we've got a lot of solicits to talk about. But Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, my brother went back home. To Hawaii, so it's been a lot more quiet. But uh, but yeah, I went to a UNLV hockey game last night because yes, uh, apparently UNLV has a hockey team. Um, first time I've ever seen four players in one penalty box, <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, it was it was straight out of Mighty Ducks or Slapshot. Uh, so they played they played a good portion of the second period, very shorthanded. And still only gave up one goal. So that's good. Uh, but other than that, it's been mostly mostly just recovering from my brother being here and being busy. So mm. all out of nothing. Yeah, no. Uh, I've had a busy week. It's, I don't know. October Thon's been taken out of me. We've had Screams episodes going up every single day. Uh, in fact, we're, <laughs> we're, doing, we're actually going to have two episodes on Halloween. Uh and I won't spoil why, but let's just say Tim wasn't quite a bet, but Tim Tim made kind of like a a, a promise if something would happen, we did our top fifty worst movies of all time, and because it happened, we have to do a second episode on Halloween. So uh, <laughs> good fun, uh, but that was his fault. So he gave himself more work, he gave me more work too, admittedly. But I mean, he complains about it more. So you know what? I'll take the I'll take the win. This guy. Uh, so no, that's pretty much it. I, I was playing some. I I I I subscribed to PS Now last night for one month just to try some different games. Um, and it's kind of like uh, think Netflix for games on PlayStation. 
Gotcha. So like Sega Channel back in the day. Kind of. <laughs> what a weird old school reference that was, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Sega Channel was dope. That was so ahead of its time. Like they were yeah, trying was... something that just wasn't really feasible yet. <laughs> I still don't understand how it works. And if you told me it was magic, I'd believe you. So yes. I know it, it involved having a, a hookup through the cable, uh, but just the games on demand and, and the no lag, I just, I still don't. Yeah, we're still so, not quite sure. I tried, I tried, I mean, because the PS4 games you can actually download to your cons. You don't have to stream them, so you can get yeah. them downloaded locally. Uh, so I played some Pills of Eternity, uh, and that seems fun so far. It's a big meaty RPG. Um sort of top-down, you know, party members, all that kind of thing. Um, I also put a little bit of Dangerous Golf, which is a game where you hit a golf ball inside a room full of expensive things and try and cause as much damage as possible. Uh, it's a little bit quicker than it should be, but there is some fun to be had because it, it operates kind of like the old... I don't know if you've ever played the old Burnout games, but you had Crash mm-hmm. Mode and Burnout where after you hit enough things, after you'd, you'd sort of rammed your car into like a set of mm-hmm. traffic... Uh, you'd get uh, like a uh, afterburn or burner. I don't know what it was called, but you had a button you'd explode, and then once you exploded, you could kind of like direct your your corpse of a car around a little bit. You can do that in this game with the golf ball. Once you've exploded, you can kind of uh-huh. veer it around to get more damage and multipliers and stuff. I mean, I don't know how good it is yet. It's arguably not that good, but it was at least amusing me for a, for an hour last night. <laughs> so I'll give it some sounds props. like a good time. All right, but to move on to comics, and for for those of you who, are, who do care about wrestling, yes, there was like a good twenty minute wrestling talk there, which will be on Patreon like tomorrow or to, even yeah. today. Uh, we have solicits, we have solicits, and a lot of things in the solicits to talk about. Um, so before we actually look at the solicits, I'm just going to point out a, a format thing here that uh, is worth mentioning. Is that this is something that's not new in terms of what they're doing? It's just how they're what they're calling it now. There's a name for it. Is that new prestige format that some of the black label books have got the wider yep. book? Uh, that is now going to be referred to in the solicits as prestige plus. So oh okay. So, so when you say that, that's what it means. Hmm. So the big oversized. So you're talking the Harleens, the yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, I got my brother to read the first issue of Harleen oh. uh, on his way home, and he really enjoyed it. He's going to track down a comic shop in Maui. So if anybody's listening Excellent. that has any experience about you know, Maui or anything, hit me up so I can point him in the right direction because now he wants to know how this ends. And it would be a lot easier for him to pick it up than me to buy one and then ship it to him. Uh, so, yeah. Of course. Uh, so we went to so there's a lot of juicy things in here uh, this month. This is obviously for the month of January, twenty twenty. So first up, uh, Wonder Woman seven fifty, and they're calling it seven fifty. Um, do we, actually do we know if it's keeping that numbering though? Or is it going back to the previous number? Mm, How do we do it? We're to find out. We'll find um, out for the, in the February solicits, I suppose. Well, no, because isn't it a double? So. If this comes out first, I'm gonna look for one. I'm jumping on one. No, one. because just because uh, Detective didn't have a double the month that came out either. One thousand. It didn't. No, they went single for the, for that one month. And Action Shoot. just switched to single anyway. Uh, so, well, yeah. So yeah, the reason why I'm comparing it to Action One Thousand, Detective One Thousand, is because DC are treating it like Action Detective One Thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are treating Seven Fifty like it's this One Thousandth issue. It is a ninety-six page, much like Detective Comics One Thousand, ten-dollar book with a host of creators. It has all the decade variants that those books had, so they're treating this like their Wonder Woman uh, One Thousand, uh, or I-, I guess it would be uh, Sensation Comics. 
was was yeah, her thing. Well, no, she she first debuted in in Wonder Woman, I believe. So yeah, but she had like her equivalent though. That never that obviously didn't last as long as Detective yeah, it was her second title. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but it's. Detective and Action were both precedents before sure. Superman and Batman. She's the one odd one where it's flipped. So, so yeah, I mean, I guess 750 is a, pr- a pretty cool number. I mean, around 800 would make more sense to me, but, you know, that's a preference thing. I, I'll accept 750. Yeah, but it's 75. Like, it's a good, you know, it, yeah. it plays into all of that stuff, too. Three quarters so. of a thousand, I get it. Uh, so the creators are listing here for the book. Um, and because this has been treated like a 1,000 issue, me and Matt were talking about this before we started, is that we'll probably do... Um, a dedicated special episode, yep. much like we did with Detective and Action 1000. It just it makes sense to do it for this. Uh, so uh, we got Vita Ayala. Vita Ayala. Ayala, thank you. Vita Ayala, yeah. uh, Margaret Bennett, Cami Garcia, Dean Hale, Shannon Hale. Uh, I assume they're going to be writing together, I imagine. Uh, yeah. Jeff Loveness, Steve Orlando, Greg Rucka, Gail Simone, and Mariko Tamaki uh, listed in the writer's pool. So, <coughs> so any one of these, I, I'm not familiar with the Hales. Or Loveness. I am working with Orlando. So let's remove those ones. But any number of these, I am okay with going forward on Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, obviously, Rucka is a sort of a comeback, is one of the greats, as is Gil yeah. Simone. Uh, Tamaki, yeah. I'd love to see on Wonder Woman. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ayala, I liked uh, Vita's work on. That was the Dead Man mini, right? That we did? That I believe so. That was, that was Vita Ayala. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and Margaret Bennett was hit and miss on Batwoman, admittedly. Mm-hmm. But, but Cami Garcia, uh, um, that's that's you know, uh, then she just do the Joker Harley, Joker yeah Harley, Criminal also Sanity. the Raven book. Um, so so no, uh, some good names in there, and then with art we've got less names announced so far, but we have Elena okay. Casagrande, Colleen Doran, Jesus Marino, and Gabrielle Piccolo. Uh, so far, it's so my favorite Starfire ever is Piccolo's. Hey. That's the NASA, yeah, yeah, NASA shirt one. The main covers by Joel Jones. The 1940s variants by Joshua Middleton. The 50s is Jenny Frizen. Uh, 60s is J. Scott Campbell. 70s is Olivier Coppel. Uh, 80s is George Perez. That makes sense. 90s is mm-hmm. Brian Bolland. 2000s is Adam Hughes, and 2010s is Jim Lee yeah. and Scott Williams. So, uh, so I'm gonna have to see them, but as of right now, just in names, I'm leaning towards the Hughes and the Frizen. Sure. Because those are uh, those are two that I know I can get behind. Although the Middleton one with the forties, it's that's got some promise. Um, as is the Perez, because I mean that is an era. So actually, all of these sound really good. So um, yeah, they're really yeah. nailing it. I think they got the hang of it. Like they saw it was successful with action, and then of course they were gonna do it with detective. And I think it's and notable as well that I think the reason why they picked seven fifty for this is because it yeah. puts it. I mean, it's a little bit early on the year, but it means that there's one of these per year because we had action in yeah. twenty seventeen. Uh, sorry, twenty eighteen. We had detective yeah. in twenty nineteen, and now we'll have this Wonder Woman in twenty twenty. And it makes me think: Do they like? Is, does Flash seven fifty hit? If it's yeah. not already hit. Uh, next year do they use that as an excuse to do the flash version of this do we get the, the 96 page you know um it wouldn't surprise me if they want to do one of yeah. these next year so and then you uh, can do green lantern after that because yeah. it's another you know i don't know how the number would work for that one where we're at you know but yeah, i don't know what uh, legacy yeah. number we're on yeah. yeah all right 
Uh, and then, so that's, that's the big first thing. Uh, second thing's kind of interesting. Uh, Birds of Prey issue one uh, by Brian Azzarello uh, with art by Emanuela Lupacino and Ray McCarthy. What's interesting about this is that this has completely changed formats because before this was going to be, uh, you know, the, 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 it was a, going to be a main book, ongoing series, and then it shifted to Black Label and got resolicited. And the one and two. As, again, is it ongoing as well? Or at least a, maybe a maxi series or something like that, perhaps. Yeah. But it's actually changed again. It is now just a one-shot. It is a 96-page, $10 one-shot. It's not a Black Label book. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, opposite about what? Like a, a four or five issue book overall in terms of regular page count? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's let's do that. I mean, what's the average page count? Uh, twenty is the is. Yeah, so ninety six divided by. Yeah, almost five, almost five issues. I mean, I don't know like how much the black label counts because obviously, like regular twenty page books say thirty two pages because they ads. So I don't know if this ninety six includes like ten ad pages or well, something like that. No, because the prestige format means no ads. Ah, that, good point. So, yep. So. I'm excited. I'm going to read it. I'm probably going to buy this because it is Azarello and Lupacino. Like, that's a hell of a team. Uh, and I'm always there for whatever Lupacino's doing. Of course. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it does make it a bitch to cover, but it is on a week five. It so, does. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's got more of a shot, actually, I think. Uh, and I think, obviously, I know you and Connor were definitely excited about this. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably try it. I mean, even though it's a big book, it's on a week five. Hopefully, if that week five is not too packed, we'll find out as we go. Uh, but, yeah. so, uh, Birds of Prey issue one is on that week five. Wonder Woman, for the record, was on the week four in January. So, uh, all right, so then we have Batman, notably 86 and 87. Now, we were under the impression that we were switching to single shipping in January because they'd kind of hinted at that in the past. But uh, that is not the case, at least not yet. So, I'm... Um, I'm just saying that's fine, to double shipping. Um, it's tiny, so I already made the decision to hang, stay on. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Right. S- that said, I'm so happy that there's light at the end of this tunnel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> judging judging by what the solicits say. So, um, so you deal with... I'll, I'll read the first one. Cause is, is this his first yeah. issue, 86? Yeah, it's his first issue. Yeah. I'll, I'll read the solicit then, since this is the start of his run. Uh, it's a new day in Gotham City, but not the same old Batman. With Bane vanquished and one of his long-time allies gone, Batman has to start picking up the pieces and stepping up his game. Batman has a new plan for Gotham City, but he's not the only one. Deathstroke has returned as well, under a mysterious new contract that could change everything. Beginning a whole new chapter in the life of the Dark Knight, the epic team of Tony S. Daniel and Danny Mickey are here are joined by the new writer James Tyne in the fourth. I'm going to read the next one because the next one has like some villains in it. I, I thought it was going to be more than that yeah. first one. Uh, so this is 87 says, The Riddler has been laying low since his humiliating defeat as part of Bane's army. But as cautioned assassins start to make their way into Gotham City, Edward Nigma may have the answers he's been looking for, or at least the answer to why Deathstroke is trying to kill him. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Uh, it's possible that Batman's uh, Tussle with Slade Wilson was all just a ruse to get the killer closer to his true target. I'm intrigued. Obviously, yeah. I'm going to give it a fair shot. No, no, no question about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tying in. He's, he's adding to the Riddler's character, which is, I'm always a fan of. Oh, that um, Mantina uh, variant of the 86. Yeah. With yeah. Deathstroke on the Batmobile. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In my veins. Yeah. <laughs> In my veins. Uh, so, cool. Uh, next up, we have Daphne Byrne, issue one. Is this a Hill House book? 
Yeah, this is the Hill House. This is, this is the 19th century New York one. Oh, that cover's um, quite nice, actually. The main one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, 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 um, sort of the, the evil face behind the, the girl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this is uh, by Laura Marks, just writing it. Kelly Jones is on art. Uh, and the gaslit splendor of the late 19th century New York rage builds inside 14-year-old Daphne. The sudden death of her father has left her alone with her irresponsible, grief-stricken mother, who becomes easy prey for a group of occultists promising to contact her dead husband. While fighting to disentangle her mother from these uh, charlatans, Daphne begins a sense to sense strange, insidious presence in her own body, an entity with unspeakable appetites. What does brother want? And could she even stop him if she tried? Now, I don't know if this writer's any good, but I do like the sound of this on its the face value. Um... So this writer worked on Ray Donovan, all right? You oh, the, ex- the Expanse. Oh. So. Oh. And then I read The Good Fight is the Good Place. I got excited. Then I was like, wait, that's <laughs> not the good place. No, A Good Fight is uh, a spinoff to The yeah. the Good Wife, was it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the All Access one. Yeah. The CBS. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I saw The Expanse. I go, well, Pete's going to be down now. I'm not a fan of Kelly Jones' art style, uh, at least as it goes to Batman. Sure. That said, uh, gothic 19th century New York. Might work. Uh, yeah, it may work. Yeah, might, might, might be more my cup of tea. So, I mean, I'm going to try all of these. They're, we already said we're going to try the Hill House yeah. books. So I think it spaces up our, our slate a little bit to have this different yeah. kind of genre in yeah. there. Um, it's almost like Hill House has become what Vertigo used to be. Yeah, you know, with yeah all the, With all the horror twinge. Which we didn't typically cover, but I feel like because you know some some of the mainline books aren't as exciting as they used to be, and we've dropped some of them. It makes sense yeah. to be like, yeah, let's try some of the the other imprint the, stuff. So I always say that I, I kind of ride this line in between you and Connor w- with with certain things. So I definitely feel like Hill House edges more towards your sure, you know, likes versus you know the Vertigo of, of the past with like Sandman and stuff, which is more Connors. So he's got some um, universe ongoing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. But yeah. we tried those. We didn't like those as much. So I'm definitely excited for more of these than I, I was of Sandman. So yeah. Uh, next up, we have a, a Superman. It's essentially an annual. They're just not calling it that. It's called Superman Heroes yeah. Issue One. This is like the uh, Leviathan Strikes one with uh, that they had the split between the creative teams. Yeah, yeah, it's because it's, 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 it's uh, Bendis, Fraction, Hauser, who's doing Supergirl now at this point, and uh-huh. Greg Rucka. Uh, who's doing, of course, Lois and Fraction's doing Jimmy. So yeah, it's the same kind of thing. So that, this is tying into all the Superman line. Uh, it's on the fifth week, so that's why I, I, I said it's kind of like an annual in that sense. Oh. Uh, so it's a $6, 48-page book. Um, Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, the staff of the Daily Planet, even the Justice League, the lives are all changed when Superman's revealed his secret identity to the world. Uh, I'll, I'll just leave it there. That's, that's the main thing. But... <laughs> Bendis, yeah, was, so... Bendis was saying this week that this is not a fake out, that this is happening, that we're doing... Yeah, and... And of course, comic Twitter explodes, and that's fine. I, I, as a huge Superman fan, I appreciate all these opinions that people care mm-hmm. about his secret identity this much. I think it's fine. I like it. Um, I, I think it's a natural. Is it just like him eventually marrying Lois in the nineties? I think it's the natural evolution that eventually has I, to happen. Is him choosing yeah. to? We. Be I said out. this when we started the show, and we had the Tomasi stuff set up in Hamilton County that. The truest Clark slash Superman is the one that's at home on the farm. Yeah. And I feel like now we can have that all the time when he's not pretending to be a bumbling reporter. And he can actually just embrace his job, which is being Superman, you know? Yeah. Uh, someone did point out, well, what does this mean now when 
one of his when Metallo wants to attack Lois Lane in her at home, uh, sure. But that's why we tell these stories, right? Yeah. Is we look for that conflict to see how Superman's going to handle it. I, I think they'll play with some of that stuff. I think they'll play with the idea a lot of them were like, yeah, that's the yeah. obvious thing you could do, but yep. he's always going to protect her. He's always going to be mm-hmm. close by. So unless yeah. you want his attention. Which we've seen. So yeah, so we've seen that in, in the Bendis run is when, uh, or even in, in Rucka and Lois Lane where she tells him, you know, I'm a big girl, I can handle myself. I don't always need you here, you know? Um, and, and it's good relationship stuff too um do we know if green arrow knows who superman is because that's the reaction i want the most i don't think he does i don't think i don't think he uh, is on the cover though i actually yeah. um i'm not actually i don't think the art quality is necessarily like my, my most favorite but i do like what the cover is concept wise yeah it's, it's this yeah. it's like this pov shot of the glasses coming off looking down at all the other heroes yeah. um Ugh, and i've made a life decision to wear these glasses based off of superman now i'm screwed <laughs> No, no, no just they're my J.J. Abrams glasses now. <laughs> oh God, I just so I, this is the first time I clicked on the full thing, and I yeah. see stupid flipping Drake there. I know, I know. But... That's, I'm trying, trying to be positive. I don't know anything yet. Take it in. That's not brown is not a good superhero color. No. It did work for Wolverine. It ain't gonna work for you, Tim. Drake, Drake is like the one negative thing for me that Bendis has brought. Everything else has been great, <laughs> but, yeah. but Drake. But you, you got Naomi, you got Connor, you got Booster there. Uh, oh, yeah. Got, like, it's like, hey, can we put all of Matt's favorite characters there? Um, so, yeah. I have to open the door for Wesker. He's been a, been gotcha. a menace. I, I didn't realize. I was looking at the cover still. I didn't realize it was gone. Um, uh, so, yeah. Superman Heroes number one, that is on week five. So, we'll have that in the Birds of Prey giant book. Um uh, then we have Year of the Villain Hell Arisen issue 2 this is James yep. in the 4th this is issue 2 of 4 so this obviously started in December um, I'm not going to lie though I don't remember what it is but I do actually somewhat remember looking at the art by Steve Epting and going yep yeah, well that's a buy <laughs> yeah it's Tynan and Epting uh, and it's the the um, basically Batman who laughs and his his gang of in- the infected versus Apex Lex Mm-hmm. So now it's like chaotic evil versus lawful evil, and what are we gonna do? And with Tynan, if this was anybody else, I'd be like, nah, I don't think I need it. But I think Tynan has entered into my favorite writers. I, I like right Tynan a lot. I think honestly, Epting is even more of a sell for me because him doing no, all this, I get it. all these dark characters, like, and because yeah. I have to imagine it's gonna be a darkest shit book. Um, yeah. yeah, that Federici cover as well. It's like Gordon with the two nightsticks, but he's all like, you yeah. know, Jokerfied. Jokerized. Yeah. As much as I'm kind of sick. Well, we call that infected. Infected, yeah. Uh, as much as I'm kind of sick of the Batman who laughs, I can't help but be like, yeah. ooh. This makes sense, though. I like that, you know, that we're getting this. And plus, Joker's still running around somewhere, right? Mm. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if this comes up at, at a certain point. Which I I had always loved in Infinite Crisis and spoilers for Infinite Crisis guys if you can't if you haven't read it, it it's revealed that the the Lex Luthor that we thought was running things from the beginning was Alexander Luthor mm. from Earth Three and that he cut out the Joker because he didn't like Joker's uh, his chaos that it would ruin the plan and uh, and it set that off this wedge between Lex and well then at the end you see the real Lex working with Joker. Um, to, to plan whatever's coming next and it was this really nice tease so 
I like that dynamic of Lex versus the Joker. Now, this is not really Joker. It's a Bruce Wayne, right? Mm-hmm. It's been Jokerified. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we have the Giants, of course, that they always put in here. Yeah. Uh, there's not much to say on. Action Comics 1019, uh, I think for the second month in a row, has John Romita Jr. on art, so that's mis- that's miserable. <laughs> I feel attacked. Oh, that's on week five. That's interesting. Uh, I guess they're spreading a couple, of, a couple of books out uh, so that week five is not completely empty, uh, which is kind of good, but if they're giving us a 96-page Birds of Prey book, then maybe, <laughs> maybe not. But uh, so that's on week five. Aquaman fifty six is uh, coming out, of course. Um, yeah, and this is a um, guest writer, notably. Yeah, with Kyle Higgins, who I'm a big fan of. So yeah, like uh, already enjoying Aquaman. Um, you have to throw that in there. I, I do like that it says guest writer because that tells us that we're getting uh, the conic back. Kelly yeah, yeah. That, te- that tells us that okay, it's just a one month yeah. thing or whatever. You know, it's funny when I was getting back into comics and Kelly Sue was this this name that came up and. People would get excited. I didn't get it, right? Because I wasn't reading a lot of what she was writing. Mm. Now that she's this name that I enjoy, I've enjoyed more of hers than than I haven't. It's like, yeah, no, where, where's Kelly Sue? Yeah, you know, no, it's great she's doing DC stuff. Now. I do have to go back and read her Captain Marvel stuff at some point. And uh... it's I've read the first two trades and it's really solid because it's not like I read it in prep for the movie mm. and it's nothing, nothing. I mean, it kind of pulled from the movie a little. But there's a lot more stuff to do with with space and you know time travel and sure. just my my kind of stuff. I feel so. like um, I feel because I've I've heard that like everything after her kind of like was was shit. Yeah. Like you know like once she left the book kind of went to crap. Although of yeah, course was, Kelly Thompson's writing just now, legs. who's very good. But I gotta yeah, I stopped after that Nuclear Man one, and I need to go back because I got bogged down mm. uh, and I forgot to pick it up. So. Uh, from, from what I read, something big happened, so I, I spoiled myself. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's uh, So, yeah, I think I'll have to go back once once I get caught up with, with some X-Men stuff. Mm. Good Lord. Yeah, there's a question for about that in the comments. Uh, in the co- uh, questions for you, actually, later. Uh, yep. So, yeah, Aquaman 56, uh, we got Batgirl 43, Cecil Castellucci still on there. Cool, cool. Uh, Batman Beyond 40, still Dan Jurgens. That's him. 40 issues, uh, one, one per month. He's been going a whale on that book now. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. So, what, what an epic run. He's going to end up having like a 50 plus issue, like Batman Beyond run. Uh, maybe even more. I mean, it'll just keep going forever, yeah. maybe. Uh, Batman Curse of the White Knight, issue 6, Sean Murphy, of course. Um, yeah. So in week four, uh, I can see that's issue six. Uh, the Batman's Grave issue four, that's the Warren Ellis book that just started last week, so that's still ticking along. Batman the Outsiders number nine, again, ticking along. Uh, same creative team, which is good to see. Yep. The exercise art's been great on that. Uh, Batman Superman number six by Joshua Williamson and David Marquez. Again, same art uh, on, on there, same artist rather, what I mean to say. Uh, so that's nice to tick along. Uh, Batman v Raza goal number five. The Neil Adams mini that none of us wanted to try <laughs> is still oh. going. Uh, that's on week five. Catwoman nineteen is out on the the second oh. week. Uh, still Joel Jones who's back on art for this one. Yeah. That Joel Jones cover is, is poster worthy. Um, yeah. Hell, even that, 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 that I don't know. I like that other one. That even McDonald well, one. The, yeah, no, that's good. I just my sensibilities. I yeah, it it looks super cool. Um, oh, I've got to go with that Ian McDonald one out of the two. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's good. I'm not going to say that. Oof. 
You can definitely tell that Art Germs left his imprint because I'm seeing a lot more of these digitally based kind of yeah. covers. They do look good um, though. There's a variant cover no, that are great options. It doesn't look like Art Germ except in the style. And yeah. You can tell it's digitized. It's and that's jo- fine. Do you know what it has? It's got like an Art Germ style, but the coloring over the yeah. top of it makes it feel a bit more like uh, like a Fraser Irving kind of like, you know. Kind of. You can kind of see like, yeah, the, the dabbed painty kind of look. It looks kind of mm-hmm. nice. I'm into it. I'm into it. Uh, Detective Comics 1019. Uh, Tomasi's still Ooh. on there. Axel and Colt Leader, you almost had me. Oh. Uh, as well as Detective Comics Annual on uh, week five. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, worth mentioning. That's not double shipping. That's not double shipping, yeah. It's got the annual, but there's no second issue. So Yeah, so I'm wondering if Batman's just double shipping to 100. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe it just... was supposed to because of King. Or maybe it's just because Batman sells so much that that's the one book they'll keep double shipping. Yeah. Uh, That's fine. Mm. I'm not mad at that. I would have been 10 years ago, but not now. Yeah. Uh, So the Telecom Annual number three, obviously that's out in the fifth week. Uh, You got Flash Forward number five. You got the Flash... Oh, Flash is double shipping. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So so there there goes that. But then again, though, that's the same guy that's still waiting. It's the same run, yeah. So So maybe maybe it'll go until 100 when he's done his run and then... Yep. I'll go. Uh, so yeah, it's called Rogue's Reign. Or that's where the aftermath of Rogue's Reign, with the second issue at least. Uh, yep. So that's cool. Freedom Fighters issue 12, so that comes to an end in January. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Genlock issue 3. Is that one of the adaptations? It's one of those teeth. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, Gotham City Monsters issue 5 is out. We got Green Lantern Black Stars issue 3. This is the third and final of the sort of interlude mini before season 2 of Morrison's yeah. Green Lantern hits. Uh, then we have Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy number five, the Hauser mini uh, that started last month. And it's got some uh, cardstock Middleton variants that they have the sketches here. Oh. And oh boy. That's in love. Uh, we got yeah. Hawkman number 20. Uh, O'Leaf's still in art, but he's joined by Tom Palmer uh, on this, yep. this issue. Uh, we got He-Man the Masters of the Universe number 3 uh, we do have Justice League 39 and that is single shipping that month but it's also notable because mm-hmm. it is the final issue by Snyder and it's by not, extension yeah. uh, Tynan um, so yeah this was, the, this was one of the big things that broke this week is that this is the end of the run and the, in February assuming there is a Justice League issue in February maybe they'll take you know, a little bit of time off but yeah, uh, we'll be getting a new writer so uh I love the idea that Snyder's like, I'm gonna uh, drop the DC universe into some uh, some evil chaos, and then he just cuts out. He's like, Yeah, I'm done writing comics for now, guys. Like this is the last we see of him. <laughs> do, do you know? Oh, crack me up. It's funny because I think when he started, he said they had a two year plan, and this is not quite two yeah. years. It'd be two years if it went to like no. June, I think. So it's, it's before we re- were recording, we were talking that he probably has like something up his sleeve. Mm. So that'll be part two of this, kind of like he's done with. You know, metal gave way to this, gave way to that. Yeah, you you guessed GSC that he'd be going to GSC, yeah. uh, which is not a terrible okay. guess. No. So, so. we'll see. Okay. Um, uh, Justice League Dark number nineteen is out, uh, as is Justice League Odyssey seventeen, which is still going mm-hmm. somehow. Um, good, good for Abnet. I'm glad Abnet can find it. Like, I just want Starfire back, please. <laughs> just, um, and Jessica Cruz looks like a Green Lantern again at least so uh, they've fixed that nonsense yeah. <laughs> do 
just all I want from that book now is to, for them to put Jessica Cruz back where they, they took her from, so that when I get her again, I don't have to care about continuity. Even, yeah, you can leave Azrael and Cyborg there, but put Starfire and Jessica Cruz back. Shoot, have them team up. You know, Harley and Ivy style, Cruz and Starfire, going through the galaxy, righting wrongs. I'm there for it. <laughs> Uh, Legion of Superheroes number three is out in January. Oh, look at, look at what. This is what I hate sometimes about solicits. Is they give away story points. Oh, who's and, this Robin uh, here on the uh, cover? Yeah, what? yeah. It's who you think it is. Oh. All mm-hmm. right, so Damien's guesting for an issue at least. Uh, yeah, at least yeah. Yeah, uh, Metal Man issue four is out. Of course, we'll be talking about issue one of that today. Nightwing yeah. sixty eight is coming out. Still Dan Jurgens. Still Rick Grayson. Uh-huh. Remember when the Nicola Scott art came out and we're like, oh, what's going on with Dick Grayson? I know. Came out, it was just a, a, a cover she was doing for a thing they were doing. <sighs> and she had one for, I think, Batman and Wonder Woman as well. Better, better be fixed for Batman 100. <sighs> That's my hope now. That's my hope. Uh, the question: The Deaths of Vic Sage, issue two. This is the second of four black label oversized books. Uh, so in week three, this one. This is Jeff Lemire's book, for the record. If you're forgetting yep. what this is. Uh, Red Hood, yeah, Red Hood Outlaw, issue forty-two. Uh, that's still tripping along. I'll get along. to that soon enough. <laughs> uh, Ruby issue four. That's the other Rooster Teeth one. Uh, Shazam issue ten has been solicited for January. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, so that's cool with Dale Eaglesham and Marco Santucci on the art although admittedly the past issues have changed their art a lot so I'm not going to get told that yeah. too uh, thingy but uh, the fact that they're resoliciting this finally means that maybe they've got a, a bit of confidence that the next issues are coming out uh, over the next few months uh, so cool 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 uh, Suicide Squad issue 2 the Tom Taylor book is out in January that's on week 5 interestingly so another week 5 book that, Supergirl that, ther- oh, there you go wasn't say that cover for Suicide Squad 2 very reminds me very much of the 60s mm. kind of spy element to it so that that's pretty cool it's a cool cover but yeah so supergirl yeah supergirl uh, 38 jody hauser which i'm so i'm so excited hauser on, hauser on that book yep so excited um and of course uh the yeah you get that art gem style cover which isn't perfect some of the proportions look a bit off to me yeah but cool look all the same um but yeah, we're getting some wacky stuff in this issue. But judging by that cover, we Wonder Woman in what? What the hell is that? Cyborg Supergirl? What the, what's that? Yeah, it's the infected Supergirl, which we still don't ah, have a name okay. to. That's but, right. That's right. Um, but we'll we'll see. I uh, got Superman nineteen. Uh, not much to say. Yeah. It's out. Um, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Uh, it's number seven. Is out on January. Teen Titans thirty eight. Uh huh. Uh, Terrific's twenty four. Still not a final issue. Keep going. Look it's the sole survivor. It really is. And that's part two of an arc as well, so that's got at least a couple mm-hmm. left in it. Yeah. That might even make it a 30 issues, Matt. That's good. I'll be if impressed. Any, any work for, even if I'm not reading it, any work for Gene Lone Yang, um, which I, I started Superman Smash as a clan and ran out of time. I got about a third into it. Mm. It's really, really solid. Um, so as long as they can keep him, just let him... Do stuff like that. We're good. Absolutely. Uh, there we got Titans Burning Rage issue six. This is the the last issue of the the. the oh, actually, no, it's the second last. There's seven of these apparently. Yeah. Uh, of the Walmart yep. reprints, uh, and then we have some 
some of the uh, the young, the youth stuff uh, coming out of the graphic yep. novels. Uh, Batman Overdrive by Shia Fontana. Uh, DC's Superhero Girls Powerless by Amy Wilfram. Uh, the Oracle Code by uh, Mariki Nijkamp. And then that takes us on to the Hill House stuff. I'll just quickly sort of list through these. Basketful of Heads, issue four by Joe Hill. Dollhouse Family, <laughs> number three by Mike Carey. Uh, oh, that cover is pretty cool. Holding a little toy bus up. It's on just, fire. Basketful of Heads is such my type of thing. <laughs> and, and then I found out that Joe Hill is a huge Jaws fan. So much that there's this, cons- not a conspiracy, but as much as a, as a, a theory that if you look in the background, there's a missing woman that ended up, you know, come showing up, not showing up, Ned. And they end up finding her her mutilated body on Martha's Vineyard. And so they say that the last time anybody ever saw her was on the set of Jaws. And so he did all of this research to pinpoint stuff to help on the case. And then you find out that Basketball Heads takes place on Brody Island. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, uh, Joe Hill, me and you are probably talk Jaws for a while. Yeah, I like that cover as well, actually. Yeah. Stand in the rain with the head. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm looking forward to these. Uh, then The Lolo Woods by Carmen Maria uh, Mikado. And then mm-hmm. that takes us on to the, the your Sandman stuff. Books of Magic 16, mm-hmm. House of Whisper 17, John Constantine Hellblazer 3, The Last God Issue 4, Lucifer 16. Uh-huh. There's actually like what, five of those books now. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that many. Uh, and then just rounding out, we got Doom Patrol, Weight of the World, Issue 7. Far Sector Three. In fact, Far Sector Three, as much as it's kind of separate, it has a Green Lantern book. So I feel like yeah, uh, they, yeah, they've come out and we saw the first cover, mm. and it's clearly a Green Lantern book. So yeah, so that's a uh, yeah Jamal Campbell art, uh, N.K. Jemison writing. Uh, I'm looking forward to trying that actually and seeing how it is because I want a Green Lantern book and Grant Morrison's got it under lock and key. The bastard. Yes, yeah, uh, it is. Dial H for Hero number eleven. Uh, second last issue of that is out as is Wonder Twins number 11 uh, a malfunctioning supercomputer that thinks it's 1986 I can't wait uh, uh, it's be like war games but now then Young yeah. Justice number 12 and that yeah. wraps up all the regular books and then you get your trades and hardcovers and whatnot. so yeah quite a meaty batch of solicits there some interesting things mm-hmm. happening some runs coming to an end uh, big celebra- celebratory issues coming out uh, pretty cool, pretty cool. Um, and I'm happy to see that Batman Dark Knight Detective uh, trade series continuing, uh, which is basically just collecting big chunks of uh, the main uh, Detective Comics book. Uh, and then there's the other one, which I can't remember the name of, but it's doing the exact same thing for the main Batman book, and uh, do from the late '80s into the '90s kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I am pleased by that. Um, there's actually less issues in that one, but it's because the last one's 600, which I assume is probably at least a triple size book. So. Fair play. Fair yeah. play. Um, oh, shit. And they're doing... Do you know those big uh, trades they did for Walking Dead? It was like eight trades and one big paperback. The, they saw a compendium. Yeah. They're doing that for Ex Machina, yeah. apparently. Yeah. That's uh, the first one that comes out. Um, there we go. Oh, they're reprinting uh, the Which... Jeff Johns Flash omnibuses. Yeah, and they're also getting uh, Green Arrow Year One, which is one of my favorite stories of all time. Is getting a deluxe, which I might have to get because I don't have that in trade. I have that in singles, um, and I do need a nice trade of it. So that's cool. I, mean, I don't buy uh, trades yeah, and stuff yeah. anymore. I, I I used to love collecting yeah. omnibuses though. I used well, to love doing that. Yeah, the way that I'm at is if it's something that I know I'm gonna you know want, 
just to pick up and read. Green Area one's one of those. Mm. So um, Lazarus, I do that with too. I get the big thick oh, they're deluxe fi- editions, but they're finally doing so. uh, Superman by Burn omnibus. Mm-hmm. That's pretty yep. cool, actually. Uh, has Superman one one to eleven? The corresponding action, Adventures of Superman, uh, and obviously the Man of Steel one to six money. It's eleven hundred pages, and it's only volume one, so there's going to be two volumes of that. I assume yeah. that's going to be huge. Yeah, the Action Comics run is like what twelve issues, uh, nine issues, and then an annual, and then Adventures of Superman's like nine issues, and then another annual, and then ten issues of Superman or eleven issues of Superman, and an annual. There's the things like. Four trades by itself. Yeah, it's, it's half his run. It's literally half of his run. So they're going to so, do two volumes of this. Yeah, which, um, all of his run that I've read uh, is Man of Steel 1 through 6. Because um, I have that in trade. But but yeah, this is something that, I mean, it's 125. It's a little much, but I think it would be it'd look nice on the shelf. Yeah. Uh, you know? And then the fourth Wonder Woman by Perez trade is coming out. Because I've done the omnibuses. There's three omnibuses of that. Mm-hmm. So this will finish the second omnibus in trade form. So there'll be two more volumes of this uh, to complete out the run in that format. Which means mm-hmm. more to me because the trades, the thick trades go on Comixology, whereas the omnibuses don't. Yeah. So right. um, I actually have all of uh, Burns run in Comixology, or at least most nice. of it. I think, I, I think I've maybe got maybe volume nine still left to get, yeah. but I've got, or maybe 10, whatever it goes up to. But I've got most right. of them. Um, just from sales right. and whatnot. So uh, there you go. That is uh, that is the uh, the statue. Uh, so as uh, the solicitor, I was just I said statue because I was the statues at the end. Yeah, yeah I get you. Uh, and they've done a Catwoman wedding dress statue, which feels a bit looks looks good though. It looks good, but it feels a bit weird. It's like yeah, no one really remembers that favorably now. The whole wedding no. sh- shambles. But hey ho, whatever. So before we go into the books, though, as a lighter week for books, so we did ask for a few questions on the Twitters, uh, and we got a few in. Uh, we got one from Connor, which I'm going to ignore because it was pointless <laughs> and stupid, and I'm not entertaining it. Um, but um, we did get a couple of interesting uh, questions. Um, one's really obvious. Uh, we kind of speculated a little bit earlier, but we can give it a bit more thought here. Um, from at um, Ben Kaiser Music. Uh, who would you like to see take over Justice League after Snyder leaves in January? Let me mm. press the button. This uh, guess get it out of the way. Tom Taylor. Tom Taylor is obviously my number one choice for obvious reasons. He is doing Suicide Squad, so maybe it's less likely. But yeah. Hmm. Who, who would I want for Justice League? I'm trying to think. My my go-to team guy is tying in, but he's busy. Mm-hmm. Um. Shoot. And plus, Titans been kind of doing Justice League anyway. I know, I know, but that's why it made sense. Um, man, who who else is there? I think Williamson. Williamson did do, um, he did the Jail or Justice League versus Suicide Squad crossover. That was the first big crossover of Rebirth. It did, yeah. Um, and he's doing Batman, Superman, and Flash right now. So there's there's a little bit of room. Birthright trapping up. Um, who else? Tell you, who I don't want. I don't want Orlando. I'm not a fan of his teamwork. <laughs> I want that. Um, I honestly, I think I should go on a break. I, I think we should go six months without a just sleep book. Yeah, that'd, that'd be fine by me. Uh, I just go on a break and come back when it's got a reason to have a exist again. I uh, feel like this this desire to always have a book, even when there's not really a plan for one. Uh, it just leads to you know stuff that feels like filler or stuff that feels like yeah. okay so this writer well, has a small run but like ultimately didn't really amount to much that's kind of how the justice league book felt before snyder 
you know, mm-hmm. where they were just filling in. Um, and we got we got a couple of good things with um, Priest writing it uh, right before Snyder took it over, but for the most part, it was kind of a, uh, a whiff. Um, but if they wanted to do like one-off fun stories of teamwork and, and stuff, I wouldn't be mad at that either. We're sure. up until it's ready, just like you know, this is the Justice League doing, you know, league business. I think that would be fun. Yeah, I. T- it's hard because I feel like it's hard to think of someone you want on a team book specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've you know we've had some of the big names beyond the book, or you know, mm-hmm. from, from the last few years, like who who are DC's golden child children right now? Obviously, Johns has already done it. Now Snyder's yep. done it. Uh, Tynan by proxy had kind of done it with Snyder mm-hmm. anyway. So, who does that leave us with in terms of big, like, I mean, Tom King needs a new book. Does Tom King want yeah. to do Justice League? I don't know. No, I don't expect most people will want that because a lot of people yeah. seem to have really soured on his Batman run and mm-hmm. most people hated Heroes in Crisis. So, maybe it's not something that's appealing to most people, but, I mean, as a guess, it's not a bad one because he... It's not... Because he he will he be free something up. To do. Yeah, because he'll have the, obviously the last twelve issues of Batman Catwoman because that's that's coming. But yeah, and he has Strange Adventures going on. With, that's true with yeah. Carrots. So, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm kind of at a loss for this now. I mean, of course, like the Dan Abnets pop up, um, because of uh, well, I guess that's a question. Do, do you fill in? What are the options? Someone who's one of the big people at DC. Someone who's not a big person, so they're effectively saying, no, we're giving this to like a smaller writer. It's not going to be an important flagship book for a while. Right. Or uh, do they shock us with like, hey, we got this writer from somewhere else. Some, we've got someone who's not been here for a while or never been here before. You Pete, know. Pete, don't, don't tease me with Jason Aaron writing Avengers and <laughs> Justice League. I was, <laughs> that's not where I was going with it. But yeah, it's like someone like, I mean, I wouldn't expect him. He's kind of locked into Marvel for a while, I think. He is, but, he's very locked into Marvel. But, and apparently... Um, Donnie Cates has said that he knew he was taking over Thor for a very long time, mm. which makes me feel a lot better about that book. Not that I wasn't already going to get it's Thor, but the fact that feels he made it sound like Aaron hand selected him to take over when he was done. So that's real cool. Uh, but I'm just trying to think who, who I'd want on a justice league. We've kind of been spoiled, you know, the last couple of years with it. Um, because yeah. obviously I go through other writers I love, but I honestly see like someone like Rucka doing a Justice League book. I don't know if he no. want to do that, and I don't, I don't think so I, either. I don't think I'd really want to do it either, because I feel like I'd, I'd prefer when he's like a more personal thing. You know, if if they're if they're gonna go the one more the more one offs, I wouldn't mind Mark Russell because mm-hmm. he's shown that he can he can adapt in that with his Wonder Twin stuff, and then these year the villain one shots. I've I've enjoyed each of his so. I wouldn't mind that. He's still kind of on the come up. Um, who else? Yeah, but, uh, you know what? We were praising Kelly Sue earlier. Give it to Kelly Sue. Kelly Sue. Kelly Sue. Um, Jody Hauser. That used to be our go-to, but that's she, she's on Supergirl now. Yeah. So I mean, that she could probably do Supergirl and just like it's. I could. I, I yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what Kelly Sue's commitments are like. Maybe maybe. She doesn't want a second ongoing anyway, but I, I, I just, I'm, I'm trying to think of more interesting names that like feel a bit more, you know, like okay, they're not the obvious picks to take. Not, not but... the same old group that we always pull from. I get it. Yeah. 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 Oh man, who, who else could it be? Let's show you how, how not dialed into comics I am. I'm only a DC type person. 
And then the Marvel that I read, there's no way those guys are going to, you know, get out of Marvel to come do DC stuff. I mean, I say that now, but uh, I don't know what they have going on. Hmm. Look. Oh yeah, if I could poach Marvel writers, I'd be like throwing yeah. in Tanahasi Coates and yeah. uh, Kelly Thompson well, and things. Uh, Robinson or uh, Rosenberg, he, I really liked his X Men stuff that I read. Oh sure, yeah, so Rosenberg might not be bad. That um, that would that'd be good. Um, of course, Aaron. I said that as a joke, but I want Aaron to write any DC book. I, I would. I mean, I would start him in Justice home. League though. I feel like because he's just on adventures, I'd want him yeah. in something like give him his version of Thor. Give give him. Well, you know what? I wouldn't mind him on Batman. You know, to see what mm. a Jason Aaron Batman looks like, because he's done Punisher, he's done Wolverine. But what's someone that has to edge a little bit closer to that line? What's that story like? Yeah, um, give him maybe Green Lantern's too similar to Thor in terms of the cosmic stuff. Yeah. But you know, you could give him Green Lantern. You could give him or Flash. Jason Aaron's Flash. Sign me up. This is just like fantasy, fantasy writing there. Uh, Sign me up. The point I'm making though is I don't actually want to see him straight on a Justice League. If he does come over to DC, yeah. I don't want to just see him on a Justice League book immediately. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously, we're not mentioning Bendis really because Bendis has got so many goddamn books and, you know, let him continue his Legion and his Superman stuff and Young Justice. He's got plenty. He's got too much. Like, yeah. I don't know how he does it. There is a bunch of Bendis bots, you know? <laughs> Yeah, he's like well, Magnus. He's got he's got Bendis duplicates. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, for the same same uh, same Twitterer person, uh, with regards to the upcoming Superman storyline, if you could make one permanent continuity change to a DC character, what would it be? This is easy. What? Rick ba- Grayson never happened. Rick Grayson never, <laughs> never happened. Well, Rick Grayson and Wally West. Boom, they're back. Hey, what what are we doing? Yeah, okay, no, that's the that's the dudes. the cheap pop, all right. That's the easy yeah. one. Um, yeah, I know. I, I... It's great to be here in Bloodhaven. <laughs> <laughs> I, but let's forget recent content. Let's just look at like yeah. classic traditional continuity mm-hmm. and what we think of as these characters. What would we change? Because obviously, Superman like revealing his identity and taking off the glasses is kind of like just yep. that's a change to the entire history of Superman. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I guess the obvious thing as well would be to say, "Hey, I'd still have Bruce Wayne be dead, and I would have Dick still be Batman." Yeah. That's something I always yeah, bring up. That's your that's your always go your go to. That's the go to, but um, but let's 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 not have a death. Let's actually change something yeah. about a character like Superman well, taking I'd, off the glasses. I I I crib from from uh, from Morrison and have Bruce semi retired and running Batman Inc. That I really like that. I like that he had these agents around the world. And he was kind of the central hub in Gotham. And you had all of the, that's where Leviathan came from, was, you know, that's his network was to put them down. So the, it kind of goes in yours that he's no longer Batman, mm. you know, but he's still active, you know, um, and he's playing to his strengths as a leader that way. Yeah. Uh, Again, I'm trying to get away from things that are just the end of the character. I mean, obviously that's not his death, but like the end yeah. of his tenure because. Like, that's the obvious thing to do is like just to see things advance forward. I, I'm trying to think of something much like Superman, oh. like revealing his identity, where it's like a, yeah. a, an advancement where he's still actively Superman, but it's a like it's like a next big phase in his his career because it's a complete change to the status quo. Yeah. Um. um all of the stuff that I normally would say are are here. Um. So like the Legion, right? Now they're a thing, although I, I prefer the Clark Legion that, you know, 
he's a teenager. They came back to help him not be lonely. And, you know, he goes and has adventures with them. And Oh, no. I, I am team. He should not know anything about the future uh, or that he's going to be Superman. Yeah. So I like I like that version. That But now we have a Legion, so I can't pull from that. Um, as much as I like Ollie, Connor Hawk was a pretty cool character. Uh, at least in the stories that I read, I get, again, I get. that's dealing with the death. I don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, we keep coming back to people just taking over and the the characters. Well, because being dead. they did. <laughs> DC had this thing in the '90s where they're like, "Hey, we're all about legacy, and we're gonna have these new." So you had Nightfall, you had the death of uh, Oliver Queen, you had, you know, um, all these all these dramatic shifts. Uh, but yeah, man, what, what's a good continuity change? This is why I'm not Jeff Johns. Because Jeff Johns would have like four right off the top of his head. I feel like because uh, I feel like you could apply this secret identity, like choosing to reveal it. You could apply that to almost any character and see how it affects them differently. Yeah. Um. I would. Here. Here we go. I would. I would have the team of Batgirls. I'm gonna sell Pete's. Right. <laughs> they're birds of prey, but they're all Batgirls. You okay. know. And and Babs. Babs had a stop when you know, killing joke happened. She became Oracle, but she's still kind of, you know, she doesn't have to be in the wheelchair anymore. But I liked when she was running the Gotham Clean company, you know. So, and now she has, you know, Steph and, and Cass as their kind of birds of prey. And they each have their own specialty. That, that's a continuity change I would do. I was, okay. you know, she never goes back to being Batgirl. This one's kind of similar to Superman Take Off His Glasses, but it's not to everyone. I do kind of like the idea of Batman uh, letting Gordon know who he is. I don't know why, but I think I like the idea of like, like their trust is breaking down and to to kind of bring it back, he has to reveal who he is. Uh, and also, yeah. I mean, not even just him, like find out who the whole Bat family is, like find out Barbara is Batgirl, find out like all that stuff. Well, uh, and and we kind of are getting that in, in White Knight, which fact, is nice. I'll, t- I'll tell you how I book it. Alfred... I mean, technically Alfred is technically dead in Batman right now, yeah. but I'm, I'm expecting it to be swerved. But Alfred yeah. actually dies, yeah. and Bruce needs to tell someone who he is because he doesn't have that that father figure. He doesn't have that person he can talk to in the same way that he talked to Alfred. So he tells Gordon who he is to try and fill that void. And while that works or it doesn't, I think is open for discussion. But You, you just turned this into Cody and Dustin. <laughs> I need my brother. Yes. Uh, that's... <laughs> I, I, need, well, I need my father figure, Dab. I need my yeah. surrogate father figure. <laughs> yeah, I was I was telling my brother about the Killing Joke movie and how bad it was hmm. uh, from our perspective, because essentially Gordon and, and Bruce at this point are that that's his best friend, which uh, effectively makes Babs his niece, and it's just it's icky. In um, fact, in fact, going with this idea, here's why he does it. Here's here's why. He, he tells Gordon who he is. It's not just about needing someone to talk to. It's about Alfred would call him on his shit and he needs Gordon to know who he is so that he can call him when he's yeah. going too far to keep him it's tethered. Perspective. Yeah. This is beautiful. But then you yeah. add in the extra drama of finding out the Batgirl's Babs yeah. and, you know, the stuff yeah, that comes with that. His, his tether to humanity. That's yeah. what Alfred's always been. Yeah. You know, it keeps him from becoming the Bat Machine or the Bat so, so you have Batman get angry, almost go too far mm-hmm. and realize that he needs to tell someone and have that yeah. in his life so he chooses gordon because naturally that's the, the person he would pick yeah um and you you completely change the dynamic of the relationship and how they communicate and the idea that you know 
Gordon would maybe come to the cave. He would, you know, he would see Babs there. You know, he would he would inter- interact well, with Dick. And... and then his conflict as a cop, right? Mm. Like, how does that play in? And then you can you can play that side too, because now he has to keep it a secret. So not he can't let it be known that he knows who Batman is. You know, so when he's around Batman and the other people, he still has to keep going like it was. And, you know? and again, it was that sort of thing. We it's a little neat thing, but you just you could reinforce the idea again that. Bruce Wayne's the alias. Batman's who he really is, and Gordon just has to remember that. It's like right. you know, it's, it's um. Well, he's met the true version of Bruce. He's Bruce. never met the fake Bruce Wayne. Where, where, where did this right? line? Where did this line come from? I'm sure this was in something. I don't know if it was a movie or a comic, but at one point, uh, Batman said to him, "You never cared who was beneath the mask before. Don't start now." Right. What? What, oh, what was that? That was from something. Someone uh, in the comments telling me. Um, yeah. But. Like that sentiment, right? And I feel like I think there's, there's at least a couple of good stories uh, to come out of that. And then a new status quo that comes from it, where Gordon's in this kind of new mixed yeah. role, uh, especially if uh, Gordon, because obviously there's a lot of he's kind of went back, but you know, in pre-crisis or not pre-crisis, pre-flashpoint, you know, we got to the point where Gordon had actually retired from being commissioner. So what if we get a retired Gordon who's no longer active commissioner? And I don't want to say he becomes a new Alpha. I'm not saying he's a butler or whatever, no. but he's there for, for aid. He's there as a friend. Yeah, as, as, you know, he's, he's watchtower for lack of a better term. He's, yeah. his, you know, watching this and like, Hey man, I can't sew you up. So you got to stop taking knives. He's uh, he's G one, you know, Joe Alfred's yeah, penny one. G1. He's G one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know. but no, that, that's a good one. I, I do like that one. I'm trying to think of some others, but it's kind of hard because they are breaking status quo more and more and more. Yeah. You know? So, um, cause the identity real, we, we've gotten that with Barry and Iris recently, you know? So th- there's all of that. Um, it doesn't seem to matter with anybody else. So yeah, it's Superman's a big one, and 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 Bruce to Gordon is the other big one we still have intact. You know, outside of characters getting married, which outside of Superman, that's you know, never really a good idea. Mm. Um. So. But yeah. Huh. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot, there's lots of things that they've done in the past that I wish they they never reverted, they never retconned, yeah. and whatever. Like that, I wish it stuck. Cough, Jason Todd. Cough. But I'm not picking those because I think that's a boring answer. Because yeah, I want Dick to still be Batman. I want certain characters to still be dead. I want certain legacy characters to still be in the roles. Yeah. Uh, but we've said that a bunch of times before, so I didn't want to. I, I tried to come well, up with something I, that was a bit more rich for the character themselves. Is, is it continuity to make that Labdell never writes Red Hood? <laughs> no, but because if that's the case, we get the cool Judd Winnick. You know, he's essentially DC's Punisher, right? Like he's the one hero that they all have issues with because he's the one that takes the permanent answer. I like that version. That's the one version of Jason Todd I like, and we've gotten so away from that because he has to be cool. Mm. You know, I, I was I was told this week actually because obviously we're not reading Flash Forward because it's Lobdell. I, uh, I was told to look too, so uh, I did. There, there's some characters appeared at the end. I won't spoil it, but. No, I won't spoil it either, but it made me excited, and then I remember it's Lobdell and Booth, and I'm like, I, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I wa- so, yeah, I wonder if Wally and his family will end up with the, the Superman treatment, where they're still they're kind of around from pre, pre-Flashpoint, even though they don't really fit yep. here anymore, but they're still going to exist, just because yeah. that's what they want. Even though we're going to still have to deal with the fact that he kind of went nuts and killed everyone by accident. I, I say, I feel that's the point of flash forwards and they erase a lot of heroes in crisis. It does look like a lot of it's sticking, especially if Leviathan turns out not to be Roy. He's the only casualty. Yeah. Of it. Like, you know, 
Uh, fix it, DC. We'll never yeah, speak of it again. It we'll just ignore that it happened. No. Just fix it. All right. The last uh, crisis. Next, <laughs> next question. Uh, from uh, Talking Superman, regular to the show. Uh, since you guys have been doing panel of the week, what's a single panel that has stuck with you as a favorite single panel of all time? Um, the Return of Wally West in the Lightning Saga. And I remember where I was when I read that. Hell, what about oh, even uh, Rebirth? You know, it's back at the start of the right? show. It's like, a good one too. You know, um, yeah. th- those hands connecting and him pulling them out. Well, yeah, for me it was, I had just read, I think the month before, they had made Bart the Flash, right? And it was this, this mini-series, or max-series called Fastest Man Alive, mm. and he, he dies at the end of it. And it's like, well, now we have no Flash. And then in Lightning Saga, the next month, they reveal that the Legion has come you know, to the past on a secret mission to restore Wally West, because they need a Flash. And I just... I remember turning that page and seeing the lightning strike, and there he is. It was very exciting. That one will always stick with me. Um, Identity Crisis, when when Tim sees that the Captain Boomerang killed his dad, mm. and there's a shadowed uh, the man the, the art of Bruce holding him and telling him not to look. That, That's that, a big one. Uh, goosebumps oh, right now. What a main from one of the earliest things I ever read. Uh, Arkham Asylum by Grant Morrison there's a reveal towards the end of that book when Batman's in the asylum um, basically the villains leave it to Two-Face to toss his coin to whether or not either kill Batman or whatever and there's a reveal after the fact that the coin landed on the the scratched head, it landed on the the bad side and Two-Face lied to save him and it was just this moment of feeling like whoa there's hope for Harvey Dent yet. I gotta read this book there's hope for him, and I really—I always remember that moment just hitting hard as a kind of kind of thing. Um, yeah. I, this is a cop out, but like every panel in uh, Justice by Alex Ross, <laughs> like every yeah. single panel. <laughs> yeah. Um, and some non DC. Um, uh, there's some stuff in Thor when uh, he finds out he's not worthy anymore, and just that and his that that will always stick with me. And then we get this, you know, the, the next part. Mm. Um, trying to think what else. Not, nothing, nothing too much else from there. It's hard. It's, it's hard to think of panels yeah. of all time, but those yeah, are I guess those those two ones that I lied with. Those ones are. are I remember reading Watchmen the first time, and when Ozymandias says that, oh no, it happened, you know, mm. fourteen minutes ago or whatever it is. Yeah, that, that's a gut that, punch. That one, and you realize. Yeah, that one. That one sticks, and I always I love when movies do that now because it just it feels like the timing is perfect. Or even, like even the because that's the end of issue eleven, if I remember right. The start of issue yeah. twelve, the first few pages are just because that that book was like the nine panel grid almost all the time. Yeah. The first few pages of uh, issue twelve, if I remember correctly, are yeah. full page spreads of just New York and like yeah. you know tatters and like people are dead in the streets and uh-huh. it's just yeah, it's almost like it's a pan. And you see all the carnage yeah. from this space squid. Uh, can't believe it's taking me this long to get to this one, but the death of Connor Kent in Infinite Crisis, that mm. that messed me up. It was the first time I cried reading a comic because it was handled so well. Because it was either him or Dick Grayson, and those are two of my guys. And when it's revealed to be him and the Crypto's response, it's like, oh, man. That was that, was, that stuck with me. Um, I'm trying to think of some, some other ones. 
Um, I'm sure there's stuff from uh, oh, the first appearance of Batwoman in 52. Oh, sure. Uh, that was that was pretty cool. They they led up to that real well. Uh, that was in 52, number five or six, maybe seven. I can't remember. But yeah. Yeah, no. Um, there's, oh yeah, there's probably stuff I'm, I'm thinking. Because I think when it comes to stuff that's non-superhero stuff, we're looking at like image stuff like Saga or, uh, you know, Lazarus or whatever. Those, that, that's, those things are full of like big moments because they're so well written. Yeah. Uh, um, Southern Bastards, another Aaron book. The end of that first issue, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. The end of that first issue dropped my jaw. And then there's a, the, I think it's the end of issue six. There's a... There's a callback to that with a reveal that both of those stick with me. Yeah, saw, just there's more Southern Bastards. I mean, if we're giving out points for something sticking with you, because obviously, like, panels fade in time. I remember how I felt about reading yeah. a whole book. I don't necessarily remember every single panel. But if we're talking about panels sticking with you, uh, mm-hmm. just for the sake of sticking in your mind, if that's worth something, then, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of have to give it to uh, uh, The Walking Dead, the end of Volume 8 of The Walking Dead. I don't know what issue that worked out, works out sure. as. But... It's the end of the eighth volume, the end of the prison stuff. There's a panel, the most shocking panel in that book up until that point. Uh, that even in a comic was like, "Whoa, I can't believe they just did that." That that is yeah. dark as shit. Um, and people have read The Walking Dead. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I, I've read up tell, to. Tell me how to break. Tell me how to break. <laughs> I, I I've read up to issue uh, I think 104 of The Walking Dead. The end of that arc, just after issue 100. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, now that it's finished, maybe I'll go back and read the rest. Because I did really enjoy reading it. Like, uh, it, I got a little bit stale with it around that time. But those first, like, 80 issues, whatever it was, um, like, were really good. It was a really addictive read. I, I remember getting the hardcovers and reading them in, like, one sitting. And I, I don't usually read 12-issue books in one sitting. Usually it takes me a few. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they were very readable. Robert Kirkman knows how to write characters. But, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know how to break because I gotta know what this is. You gotta know what it is. Um, uh, I got to know. So, yeah. Um, all right. So I uh, will just uh, one last. This is, this is a quick. It's an on DC yeah. thing. Um, I know it isn't DC. This is from at Clark underscore Doom. I know it isn't DC, but I'm curious if any of you guys have read Hawks Pox, and it took me a minute to realize what you meant. Yeah. Awesome uh, X powers of X. Yeah. I was like Hawks Pox. What the hell is Hawks Pox? And I was like, oh, Hawks, it's X Men. The X Men stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you have any general opinions now that it's over, because it feels like it's the Doomsday Clock of Marvel, and it's a shame I'm missing out on your commentary. Uh, so. I am not touching with a 10-foot barge pole because yeah. Jonathan Hickman, but Matt's read yeah, some yeah. of it, so he can give you some thoughts. Yeah, so I'm up to House of X 6. I still got to read Powers of X and X-Men number 1. That said, I don't know what to believe because it is Hickman, and he can be like, oh, this is a sideways reality they've been living in mm. this whole time, and here's all the proof. You just missed it. Um, so I'm not – I don't quite agree that it's the Doomsday Clock. That said, you've read more than I have. Clark, so uh, like you might know more than I do, but yeah, I don't. It doesn't feel like it congeals with the rest of the Marvel universe right now. Uh, that said, I'm only reading like Avengers and and Immortal Hulk in Thor, so and now Hawksbox. So I mean, if that's how it feels, I mean, I guess that Doomsday Clock kind of feels set out from. Mm-hmm. From the rest of it, so so maybe that's Hickman's you know design here, but uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll let everybody know as soon as I'm done. I just I got bogged down with other books. It's been 
you know, tough week. My brother was here, so there was less reading than I have. I got I got exactly one issue into checkmate. <laughs> so <laughs> which I enjoy. I just anytime I, I needed extra time it was hey DC books need to be read. Valiant so, effort, Matt, valiant effort. One issue. More yeah, than I did. Yeah, um, one one issue out of twelve. Yeah, I'm behind on all the Marvel books I like. I just I'll yeah. get in them at some point and start reading them. Yeah. That said, I am enjoying it and I have not enjoyed X Men since Bendis. That said I didn't read a lot of X Men since Bendis. Um but it is different enough, and it does feel like it's a sideways universe. A lot of heavy science in there. Like, he, Hickman takes the science fiction name to heart. So I would like uh, to read X-Men. I, I, I want yeah. to love X-Men, but I just don't like Hickman. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so. All right, so we'll talk about books. We'll start with Batman issue 81, Tom King, uh, writing with John Romita Jr., and Mitch Gerrard's on the art. Although Mitch Gerrard is only in the last That's two pages. That's a lie. I know. That's I... a lie. So I open this and, and it's the first thing I read on Wednesday morning. You know, wake up, downloaded it. I'm going to buy it in physical anyways. Right? This is my life now. And um, man, I'm like, where's the Gerrard's art? I'm reading this because I need to see the Gerrard's art. All of this Ramita Jr. art. I need Gerrard's. God. And then it doesn't show up to the last two. I was. I've never felt more cheated in my life. Do you know Ramita's bane mask looks like it's a, like a mummy mask? It looks like you know it's like wrapped around his head and strips. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, yeah. I don't hate Bane. I know a lot of a lot of Batman fans, comic fans aren't big on Bane and whatnot. I, I like Bane, and I feel when we get to one of the other books in in the Nightfall, we get a lot of good Bane. Bane. I'm not a fan of this Bane. Just, I know it's called City of Bane, but we've yet to. F- I don't feel Bane's presence. I feel everybody else's presence, and that's n- not Ramita's fault, right? I'm not gonna. That's not on the art. No. But yeah, I was looking forward to the Garrett's art. I want to mm-hmm. see Garrett's Bane. I thought they were gonna do something interesting, and no, the book. <laughs> all the goodwill. This book feels like it's one on one off. All the goodwill that gets built then is immediately spent. I mean, I actually kind of like this issue, to be honest. I mean, the art is terrible. Mm-hmm. The art is absolute garbage. But uh, I like what the story is doing. Um, we start off with Wolverine. I mean, uh, uh, Flashpoint Batman, uh, who who's going to kill Damien, but he's like, no, I can't. It's his family. And then Damien's like, ah, I've already gotten out and put myself back up and let everyone in. He's like, yeah, these are my family. And you got Batwoman, Cass, Duke, Huntress, Batgirl, uh, Tim, all come in. Um wouldn't it be so cool if Nightwing was on this page with them? It, it would be, and I almost feel like that's who uh, Tim was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh no, we can't. Give him a staff yep. and a cape. Yep, yep, yep. So, uh, but no, I like this. I like the fact that the Bat family assemble to take on Thomas Wayne. Um, and they're actually kind of winning for a while, although Thomas Wayne does seem to get the better of them by the end of the issue. I like this part of the book. Obviously, it cuts back and forth with the other stuff with Batman and Catwoman, but... Um, I was into that because it was, um, uh, you know, it was, it was fun. I felt the the violence and like them being no, we want to. Be. And I I loved the part where they say, "Hey, we actually we were voting as to whether or not we'd actually fight you physically." And we it was tied, and it was it was down to cast to break the tie. And she just looked down and said, "Alfred," and I'm like, "Oh, yep. oh, my heart." Even through this hor- even through this horrible art. <laughs> I felt something there. I felt a tinge. Yeah, the words. 
Even though I don't believe that Alfred's dead, if you know, I felt the, I felt the, man, the pain. Depending on the solicits, I feel like he is, mm. and I feel like it's not going to be handled well. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it's all—it's almost that weird thing where it, it, it hurt that they didn't actually sell it stronger than they did because I don't mm-hmm. believe that he's dead. Uh, yeah. So Catwoman and Batman are fighting Grundy and whoever that other big dude. I always forget the other guy's name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 me too. Uh, they're fighting them. I do like the whole idea that Batman's like, you know, all of Bane's plans assume that I'm going to be on my own because I always come alone. I all, you know, I'm the, mm-hmm. I'm the sole Batman. Blah blah blah. Uh, but the idea of him working so closely with Catwoman is kind of what's going to ultimately went save the day and like foil the plan. Um, yeah, I I will say the most I like the art is that fight sequence right when uh, he hits that double stomp. Sure. That 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 looked pretty cool. Um, but that's because Batman's not really in a lot of those pages. Um, mm, so that's fair. That's uh, fair. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah has uh, faces are the, the worst. Yeah, the the, the absolute worst. I mean, the physiques aren't good either, but the faces are especially bad. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're going for Bane and and whatever. And so here's the thing. So we got to this reveal where we find out that you know. I mean, it, it tries to justify in retrospect. I, I don't think this was answering questions. I feel like this was just something that was always intended that, you know, we didn't get yet. Is you know, because we were questioning, okay, why was there two issues on a beach with them training? Uh, why didn't he go straight back to Gotham? Um, and in hindsight, it's kind of saying, no, no. There was this deal they had to stop and he was training for two weeks yeah. because time was important. But he didn't super, leave... Super Venom. Yeah. And he didn't leave. The key. He didn't leave Gotham uh, on, you know, protected. There's someone on the inside who is helping, and it started teasing that it was whoever the Joker was. That this is not the real Joker. And so, how I give this this reveal props for two reasons. One, I started to think it was Dick. That Dick had been Me secretly too. Dick the whole time, and this was kind of the the big bluff because it, it kind of calls back to the first issue of Snyder's run where Dick was pretending to be Joker in Arkham, right? And I got excited for a minute. So I want to give credit for that excitement, but I want to give credit also because it's not, that's not the answer. That It's not Dick. No. But the answer actually made me smile, and I went, you know what? I like this as well. It's not maybe as amazing as Dick, but it turned out to be Clayface because we've not really seen Clayface since his you know, apparent death in Detective Comics. Right. And the idea that Batman does trust Clayface and that he has been working for Batman uh, in this scenario, I actually really like. Uh, so... Yeah, I like that too, but I just wish... That, oh, one minute. No one else is here to hush the dog, so... There you go. Door's got to close. Um, yeah, I like... But I like the... I like not knowing where Clayface was. You know, and the fact that he comes back here. I don't know. Also, I didn't like that now my... You know, uh, Alfred was Clayface. There he's out the window. Because Joker was Clayface. Sure, sure. We can't but... do that twice. So, but I actually it was I, a nice I, surprise though. I agree with you, but I did think yeah. it was Dick, and I got very excited because King's the one that took Dick off the table. You know, with the this would, have been, a, this would have been a great moment to put him back in and say, "No, Dick's been Dick yeah. for a while again, and he's he's been and playing. He, he had to play his part, and this dude was part of a spy organization, so he knows how to do it, right?" Yeah, um, but I I but, yeah. I, I do like the reveal that it's Clayface. It, it's a nice. It, it kind of nicely yeah. ties in what Tynan did in Detective into this run as well, mm-hmm. and makes that feel somewhat important. So I, I was into that, and uh, you know, um, we have the others. Oh my god, see that that full page spread of Batman and Catwoman running side by side. It looks terrible. It is such garbage. It's, he's Wolverine, down to the batarangs making claws. I know. 
And then Bane like, looks terrible, and oh my god. I do like how he takes up the full frame. That's a nice touch. Sure. You know? It's like but, he's busting yeah. out of the page. There's not enough page to contain him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a nice idea. Uh, and then Flashpoint Batman, uh, you know, has apparently won the physical fight. He comes up to the, the room. Um, covered in blood. Covered in blood. And he's like, he's forgetting that, you know, you know, I'm Batman. Basically, that's what he says at the end. He was forgetting yeah. that he is my boy and I am Batman. Um, this was clever, but it didn't work. I don't like Flashpoint Batman. I'm going to go and say it. He was, sure. he was fine in Flashpoint. He has no purpose here. Um, I'm not liking this convention. <laughs> so you'll appreciate this, mm-hmm. but when he came up out of the in the mansion and yelled Wesker, I'm like, why is this Resident Evil all of a sudden? <laughs> I'll right. be honest. I, I I thought to myself, why is it talking about my cat? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, right. So, I also don't like that he apparently stabbed. Uh, he had apparently stabbed Tim with a arrow. Mm. Um, like the dude can't catch a break. So, <laughs> I I was almost expecting another reveal here at the end, where this this Wesker yeah. pulled off like a, a rubber mask and it was Alfred <laughs> or something yeah, like that. I I did too, man. We're lining up too much. I, I was still um, expecting it. I I, yeah. I quite like this. I mean, I hate the art. The art is garbage. But <laughs> like, yeah, I like the plot of this issue. Decisions that I just they're they're kind of maddening. So I, I I'm into the story of this issue. I was into the story of last issue. I've really enjoyed these two issues, despite the fact that the art is absolute garbage. <laughs> Um, uh, there is two more pages though. Uh, Bullock is going a bit nuts, and he sees the uh, the Doom logo in the sky. This is just a yep. a pointless tie-in to what's going on in Justice League this week. That's all it is. A few of the issues had it last week as well. Um, how cruel is it to tease us with this much better art at the end? I know that's what I got mad at. I thought when I heard Garrett's was doing a couple pages, I was like, oh cool, they'll they'll sprinkle it in for a big reveal. Right? Couldn't it couldn't it have been like all the pages with uh, the Bat Family fighting Thomas? Like that, that, those could have yeah. been Garrods, no? Yeah, that's so. Oof. Yep, pricks. But uh, but also then you like this the whole Doom sign. I was like, huh. I wonder what this is officially. And then mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. We, we get to know. It's weird as well because this this times all these things like to be right before what's happening in Justice League right now, and it feels like what well, so they all stop doing what they're doing in their own books to go and do the Justice yeah. League stuff. I don't know, it's weird. Um, yeah. But that is a uh, that was Batman. What are you what are you giving it? I'm gonna give this one a, a seven. I am also going to give it a 7, which is weird because you were a bit more negative than I was. But yeah. uh, let it be known, I really like the story in this issue. Um, I actually think the storytelling is back more or less on form with these last two issues. But the R is obviously dragging it down to that 7 because otherwise this would be you know a, a solid 8.5 or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, I'm liking the story in these last couple. The R is horrendous. And John Romita Jr., if we could never draw a comic that I'm going to read again, that'd be lovely. Uh, but of course, Action Comics is coming in a couple of months, so I guess I'm stuck with them. Hmm. It makes me so mad. It's weird. He's got all this cred. Like he's he's treated as this big artist in the comics industry, and I don't get it. It's terrible. All right, we'll move on. <laughs> we'll move on uh, to Justice League 34. Uh, Scott Snyder and James Tynion the fourth writing with Bruno Redondo on the art and again kind of more of the same here continuing everything it does kind of converge a little bit because by the end of the issue 
the future and past teams kind of converge in present day, uh, bringing some allies with them, bringing the Justice Society, bringing some of the future mm-hmm. uh, characters. Yeah, they even talked to Vandal into to stepping aside yeah. and letting him because, hey man, this is the cause of the death of you. So if we stop it now, then I'm like, oh, are they time traveling this? Is this the key that they're going to undo some things? Um, and I still feel like that can happen, but I tell you, uh, I, I did no. like I like some of the banter at the start between Cheetah and Rod, mm-hmm. where Cheetah's just like all relishing and like controlling Poseidon to control mm-hmm. to destroy Atlantis, and Grodd's like, go on, Minerva. You can beat your chest. I won't tell. <laughs> like I just, yeah. I love the idea of her like doing like a you know a gorilla chest beat, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just because she's really yeah. in the mood. Um, yep. But yeah, so you, um, you got some stuff with uh like you know John gives a speech to Vandal and like Alan behind him's like you know what I'm kind of proud of what Green Lantern names become kind of thing. Uh, Brainiac one millions fighting the Justice League and of course Commandy comes in with all the future heroes from all the different uh, yeah. possibilities. The, uh, the multiversal. Yeah, we got Booster. We got Kingdom Come versions of uh, Green Lantern and of Superman and Green Lantern. And we got uh, the the Wizard Shazam, which is Billy, just older. I forget where that's from. Yeah, but... Batman Beyond. There's a Superboy yeah. of some kind there. Mm-hmm. You got uh, um, Super uh, Red, Superman Red Sun. Who's this? Uh, these... Who's this uh, Cyborg Aquaman? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you know what? That's Flashpoint. That's I think that's the Flashpoint. Oh, was it Aquaman? I think so. Let me look this up. I don't remember him being cy- cybernetic, but I mean, I maybe maybe he was, and I'm not remembering it. I don't. Right? Th- that said, though, I don't think I read the minis about uh, the he actual. He wasn't. He had a slash. He had yeah. a flash across his face. He wasn't a cyborg. I just remembered before I typed it in. Yeah, who is he? That's a that's a good question. Yeah, cyborg and Aquaman mixed together. It's weird. Um, yeah. So, and then you've got uh, the Ultra Monitor, uh, who's, who's the combination of the, the, the three monitors uh, three. fighting three one. Apex, Lex, and Perpetua. And ultimately, Hawkgirl kind of comes off a bit of a fool in this issue because her own anger kind of leads them to, to lose because you know, everything's kind of sh- shaping up. You know, the, the, yeah. the teams are converging, they're going to be there in time. And then because she's refusing to like, sort of stand back and get ready for the big arrival, uh, we we get a we get a, a kill. We we get you know, Lex uh, stops her from uh, meeting Starman to get you know welcome yep. the others there. Well, so she doesn't. Yeah, she's not. Not killed. They but, need her nth yeah. metal right at, for the Ultra Monitor. Yeah, her wings. And, it's, it's her fancy yep. wings she's got now. And uh, no, and he ends up you know getting her out of position so it doesn't happen. Well, it's because, it's because she's insisting on fighting Lex, even yeah. though it's, it's time yep. to go. And because she stays right. and gets a couple of extra hits in, Lex stabs on the shoulder and she can't make it. And that's kind of the, the, the losing thing. So, I, you know, I really feel like her anger got the better over here and it kind of cost the team the win uh, to me. Which, you know, which fights because she's an angry character, so it makes sense for her. Like, it's not like, I'm not saying yeah. this is a bad thing. Well, and I, and I get all that, but still, it made me so mad at her, which I think is the point. Yeah. I was like, Kendra, damn it. So the Cyborg Aquaman, I'm finding out, this is from the uh, from Justice League and Rebirth. It was the, really? the hit stuff. Oh, okay. Remember with the future, the kids that came back? Um, yeah. Grizzle all Aquaman. Well, so Aquaman uh, so and Cyborg that... had a kid together? <laughs> is that what you see? No, he, uh, something happened with the, and he was the only remaining Justice Leaguer because of these, you know, cybernetic enhancements. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, so Perpetua has unlocked the final thing, and she's at full power now. 
Um, I actually, yeah. what's funny is, as it was building up to maybe winning, I actually wasn't sure like how far we were from the end of the arc. I was like, "Is this the last issue? Are, we going to, are they about to win?" And I'm like, "Oh no, no, it's not. Is this is where we get the darkest before the dawn, where Perpetua is actually at full strength?" Yeah. So, uh, you know, there we go. Um, and not just that, but so she ends up talking the anti monitor, mm-hmm. uh, right? That she tells him. Um, Stop the games, take control that you wanted. So he fully takes control of the Ultra Monitor and becomes good old crusty teeth anti-monitor <laughs> that we know from uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which I thought that was a hell of a that was a hell of a thing. Um, so I like that there's the his two versions, right? Like there's the anti-monitor that's kind of this crusty yeah. looking dude. So, so that's the complete opposite of the monitor. And now there's this dude who's an ultra monitor, anti monitor. If that makes sense. Yeah. Since you mentioned uh, Crisis, I just want to briefly mention because you, mm-hmm. you've not watched any CW shows this week. I'm sure you haven't. I, I watched the first episode of Supergirl, and that's as far as I've gotten. Yeah. Well, here's so, here's the interesting thing that may actually tempt you to watch Arrow just this season. Is mm-hmm. Arrow's actually been at least episode one? It's set on Earth two. It does this thing where Oliver from the the main show. Uh, shows up in Earth 2 where Oliver never came back. So it's kind of like a revert, like a new version of the pilot again where he shows up yeah. after being missing, but it's been like 10 years because he, he never came up. He came back, you know, oh, five, shit. six years ago. Um, and there's a sort of story that's told as he's there about, you know, he's finding this like dwarf star shit for, for the monitor because the monitor's put him in this Earth. Right. Um, it ends with like, you know, the the, the, the antimatter, uh, like, you know, wave destroying the Earth. So it looks like Arrow this season is being used to like show us other Earths being destroyed in the build up to Crisis, which, which is actually which makes him like, kind yeah, of which makes him like the Harbinger, right? Yeah, like, he's he's our point of view of the the Earths that are getting destroyed, which was a big part of the lead up to Infinite Crisis. Yeah. and Flash to be fair is also building to Crisis because the end of the first episode had the Monitor show up, and episode two this yeah. week was mainly it wasn't a great episode, but it was about Barry kind of trying to like see the future and see if he could like somehow you know survive uh but we, 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 he sees himself disintegrate as he's running uh you know uh, the speed oh, i don't whatever. know if i can watch that pete <laughs> in person oh it doesn't wreck me uh, uh jay's uh, in the episode but, though so i mean yeah that's good maybe that. uh, i will say uh as far as supergirl goes i i like her her new outfit with with the pants mm. i'm glad that we, we've got there I don't like that it's based on nanotechnology, however. Yeah, yeah I hate the nanotech. I, You know what? It's never going to look as cool as ripping the shirt open to reveal the S. It never no. will. And I hate... No, it. no, never. I hate, how the, I, I, I hate how the cape is yeah. attached to the shoulders. I hate uh-huh. the extra lines on the thing. I don't mind the pants. You want pants? Fine. Give her yeah. pants. But I like... Because I feel that at this point, Kara's a, a, you know, teenage Supergirl can wear the skirt. Whatever. You know? That's a teenager-y thing to do. Yeah. Uh, but as she gets into her, her profession as a super, pants, you got to wear pants. Mm. Tell you this from a guy that always wears shorts, you know. Yeah, um, no, none of, yeah, none yeah. of the shows have been really been firing on all cylinders. O- oddly, Arrow was probably the best episode this week, which is weird. That's, whew. Not great, but yeah, I, I like how it's built into crisis. So that means Connor's, Connor's liver is going to survive then. Oh, he was still drinking, apparently. Uh, well, he has a problem, we know this. Yes, he does have a problem. Uh, so I just wanted to make because you Anyways, mentioned you mentioned crisis. I wanted to mention monitor. that they're actually yeah, yeah, yeah. building to but it. But yeah, so that that moment felt big, despite it being in a small panel, you know. And he says, "Hail Perpetua," and all things seem lost. And uh, based on the, the the solicits today, which I hate to do, 
it definitely feels like Doom has won, at least until Batman Who Laughs shows up. Uh, you know? So does, does chaos beat Doom? Is that is that what we learn? I, I guess, because Doom is all about order. True. Right? So it is, which is fun, because I know we already had our wrestling discussion, but I like, in this era where there's not really heels and faces, right? Mm. Everyone's kind of amorphous. I like to do the, the RPG alignments on certain wrestlers sure. and that fits so much better you know so it's i fun, feel it, definitely like it's funny actually you bring this up because just this past yeah. week uh talking superman on twitter was yeah actually i like it was how someone else started but he responded to it mm-hmm. and i i, yeah. I responded because we're, we're talking about uh sinestro and how sinestro yeah. like he like someone That's said is, is he an anti-hero and talking superman said well not really because he's not like he's, he's not like inherently heroic but he does have this order about him where he will be on the side of good if it, if it ben- you know and i was saying that zod's kind of like that now as well with his own yeah. planet like he he, does, he has a bit yeah. order and i was kind of thinking that he's more of a lawful uh evil or maybe lawful evil. maybe a lawful yeah. neutral at a push but not yeah not good like right now he's shifted zod from lawful evil to lawful neutral he's not really that he just wants what's best for krypton sure yeah where sinestro rides that line between neutral and and evil whereas joker uh, is just lawful chaotic evil. chaotic yeah yeah sometimes sometimes neutral evil where he's not depending on who's writing him you know he's just about the e doing things or chaotic neutral i should say yeah yeah he's, he's always yeah, he's definitely always chaotic, chaotic i mean yeah yeah he's always chaos so but no so so that shifts to here batman who laughs definitely chaotic evil oh yes he has plans and stuff but uh so that would put lex at lawful evil and that's always a fun it's always like chaotic good and lawful good always butt heads you know um so so yeah i like to i like to it's another one of my car compartmentalizations yeah it's weird she's like harley quinn's kind of become chaotic good because she's everyone wants Mm -hmm. to rate her as an anti-hero now (laughs) so she's like same same with ivy right she's more of a, a neutral uh mm-hmm. in there somewhere she's not so much about chaos she's more like lawful neutral kind of because i always like to subscribe that lawful doesn't necessarily mean you know you rules and whatnot it's you have a personal philosophy you know who's a so who's a who's a true neutral is that like the monitor <laughs> like he's true neutral just in the middle he's supposed to be true neutrals i always remember someone make a joke that like when you're playing an rpg the only true neutrals are are non-playable animals sure right because they have no impact in anything they're true neutral um but yeah so you look here and i definitely see that at play and i don't know if, if snyder's doing that intentionally i definitely would say that tynan is definitely more that type uh that he would get into that type of stuff but no it's fun to do like where, where's barbara is she uh she a lawful good is she a lawful neutral uh you know? definitely good i'd say yeah probably a lawful good or neutral good yeah. maybe um, yeah, because so, I'd say Superman's not lawful good. I'd say he's neutral good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but Superman has this this creed he follows that that Pa Kent taught him, right? Yeah, he's, he's got he's got a moral code, lawful. but he's not like see Batman. I'd say is lawful good. I'd say Superman is yes. neutral good because um, he's stringent. Yeah, well, when you're yeah. comparing the two, definitely that's what makes them clash. Yeah. Um, uh, whereas you know, cause I'd say Flash is neutral good. Green Lantern mm-hmm. that can vary. I mean, if we're talking about Hal. He's, lawful neutral sometimes yeah you know yeah um you know if you look at the the robins i'd say dick's not lawful good dick's neutral good no yeah uh Uh, damien's chaotic 
Timmons to a chaotic good for sure. Yeah, yeah. as is because he's. Yeah. I guess he's Red Red Hood's more uh, chaotic neutral, a uh, yeah. lawful neutral maybe. <laughs> he's actually lawful neutral because the pencil is right. His own creed. Yeah, the pencil is right. Him, I guess, but yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I'd put him more lawful neutral. Yeah, and that's then, fair. Uh, and then Tim is definitely lawful good. Um, yeah, and if if someone if anyone listening to this has never seen like the D and D like nine panel grid of yeah, these alignments, you're probably confused. <laughs> it's it's super fun to do this with with wrestling too, because like Johnny Gargano, my favorite wrestler right now, even when he he broke to started working as a bad guy, he was still kind of lawful neutral, whereas. Everybody else, like, he's remaining the same. Everybody else turned on him. Sure, you yeah. You know, which wasn't the case. He was a little bit deluded. So it, it was fun to watch that shift. And then, yeah, you know. Uh, but no, it's fun to do with wrestling. It's fun to do with comic characters or, like, uh, TV show characters like The Office sure. or, 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 or Brooklyn Nine-Nine to figure out where they fit in. So, like, the Captain Holt uh, is definitely lawful good. Yeah. Speaking he of, spe- is so about this is you know this this firefly here he is a uh, chaotic good yes. wesker yes. is lawful good and garris my third cat is chaotic evil <laughs> yeah. my my cat's definitely on the chaos side because she'll sit there and lay with you all nice and sweet mm. and then uh, she was doing it with my brother when he was here and then when he went to get up she didn't like that and bit him <laughs> like, really hard that left him uh, left a mark um, because it's, that's what you get for not taking care of me. So, anyways, Justice League. Um, I I like the art here in this. I thought it, that's you know, the the action flowed really well. I like seeing all the different versions of the heroes. A lot of two page layouts, a lot of uh, yeah. big action yeah. spreads. It was a quick read. It was a quick read. I like that. Quicker than normal for one of these issues, honestly, because usually the, the, Snyder will bog it down in a lot of dialogue and, and narration. This was a bit lighter than that, which I appreciate, actually. This is, this is more what I'd call a normal amount that should be there. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, what, what are you giving it then? I'm going to give this an 8.5. I really enjoyed this issue. Uh, and the fact that I got mad at, at Kendra, but that's the point. Like, yeah. It worked. Well, I got uh, worked. I'll give it a solid 8. Um, I think it was a good issue. Um Def- definitely this this arc has been better than some of the middle yeah. stuff in the run that I've had more problems with um, and you know I mean I'm still kind of in this weird place with it where I'm not like super excited about every issue I'm kind of like okay I'll read Justice League now it's never the first thing I read you know when it comes out yeah. but uh, that was a solid issue so uh, that'll take us on to Aquaman issue 53 Kelly Sue Deconic rating with Robson Roca and Eduardo Pansica on the art mm-hmm. um, first thing I want to talk about actually is the art because I feel like I like both of these artists I think uh mm-hmm. Uh, Pansika has been very good on Supergirl a lot of Supergirl issues mm-hmm. recently and I could tell the difference between, the, in their, between their pages and what's funny is I think the art is a little bit hit and miss in this issue but I don't think it's because one writer or sorry one artist is better than the other I think they both have their, their hit and miss yeah. pages it's weird yeah but they, they both have good really good pages and they both have mediocre pages yeah. I guess I'll say and also there wasn't a whiplash right of like oh yeah. this art's so different so I appreciated that for sure it was different enough um, that I could tell who was who, but yeah, not um to the point where it was like disastrously annoying or anything like that. No, no, no. Um, so this story with with uh, Trista Mara, hooey, I'm I am here for this because, uh, <laughs> although I will say he's a little bit too much. He's a captain, but he's also a writer. 
but yeah. he might not so much be a writer as much as he was just writing down things he observed himself, which I think that's a fun, fun twist on things. Yeah, he um, because um, he, he, they don't even try and hide it. He kind of says, "Yeah, I'm basically I'm that monster that attacked your friend," and we get this mm-hmm. backstory where when he was a kid, which was you know two hundred plus years ago. Because uh, uh-huh. he, keep, he keeps saying 200 years and then he keeps correcting Aquaman. And some and, change. And change. 200 and change. Mm-hmm. Um, we find out that he had like imaginary monster friends, except they might not be imaginary because they actually like did things. They'd push people over, or hit their hats off. Mm-hmm. Although it was making me think like, is it actually imaginary monster friends or, or like, him? or is it just telekinesis? Is it just how he's, right. you know, like you know, doing it in his head? Although the fact that he's actually turned into a giant monster now implies that there is some monstrous stuff going on at least. Which and and if you know Lovecraft, not that I'm an expert or anything, but this this plays into that is that mm. he's slowly driven more mad by knowing that these things exist, um, and and that by the time he tries to get away and start a new life in, in America, it doesn't go so well with his with his scary buddies. And they yeah. might be responsible for for that, but I also did like the. I'm always a sucker for world building, and the fact that we're we're getting into Amnesty Bay and why he named it Amnesty, uh, and put the lighthouse where it was, and I, I like all of that and what that means for Aquaman mm-hmm. is that like this place on the coast is a, is a beckoning point. It draws people there. And that's why Mar ended up there. So I, I really like all that. Yeah, and we also find out that he he's basically been away at sea for all this time because he knows he's dangerous to civilization. So he's actually it's it, it's making me almost think it's like a, almost like a Hulk thing where he turns into the mm-hmm. monster and he can't control himself. So he just yeah. stays away uh, to sort of keep it on you know at least keep stay away from anyone who could get hurt. And yeah. he accuses uh, uh, of Jackson of uh, you know of not saving. Uh, the guy who died and right you know you know Aquaman gets very defensive of him and it becomes this bit of a, a commotion uh it's actually just as that's starting to uh get you know get to a head though that yeah because we, we find out the reason why he's back because Aquaman questions that mm-hmm. he says because yeah. I was summoned and we don't know who summoned them right this is no nah, this is this is the interesting thing, but it, it it will it has something to do with the gods being on that island oh absolutely that's when he showed up so i like so it almost makes me wonder if this is like a dark gods thing and these are their their opposites which we kind of saw in drowned earth which i wouldn't Mm. i wouldn't put it past kelly sue to try to tie that in you know that you had these gods that were forbidden you know pushed away um yeah and and whatnot and and not that he's one of those but it's similar um and it's just as this is coming to a head and he's saying he was he was summoned um and whatnot. Uh, we get the Black Manta stuff coming in where he's driving the, the Mecha Manta or whatever it's called. Like, I always forget the name. Uh, yeah. It's uh, coming in to attack. And just as this has happened, of course, Mira shows up because the book actually starts with Mira and Atlantis so saying that we have to go for blood. Mm-hmm. Because this... someone is just, is destroying their history. Yeah. Uh, someone from the yeah. surface. So she gets to the beach and we actually get our first moment where Mira and Arthur see each other. And you know, Mira's all gun ho. She's all very angry, you know, looking for a fight because of what's happened. And I love that as soon as she sees Arthur, she turns to Volko and says, "How's my hair?" It just—it's it's this sort of thing. Yeah. Like this is what he does to her immediately. She melts. Yeah. Yeah. She melts. Um. So, <laughs> also the the what would happen with you and Mira? Oh, she killed me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're, we're gonna go on yeah. past that. I, I like the way that was handled. Yeah, we still have to deal with um, that. We have to deal with what happened exactly yeah. and get to it. Yeah. 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 So. 
But then the Manta attacks, um, you know, and that that looked pretty cool with the mm-hmm. when it pops up out of the water. It, it got definitely got Godzilla Power Ranger vibes. Yeah, you know. Oh, I'm guessing that's the hit. That's just some of the best uh, Panseca pages. Actually, is uh, I love the mm-hmm. panel. Uh, at the bottom of the next page where it's just a close-up of Mira's face and her eyes light up because she's about yep. to go to town um really like that 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 that, that, that reminds me of supergirl work uh just those strong shadows yeah. uh all that kind of stuff good stuff um yeah and it, you know we, we get the big doom symbol in the sky at the end because the dog's looking up mm-hmm. uh so we get kind of the bullshit it almost feels like the black manta stuff is kind of like this forced thing because of the doom stuff but it does it is also exactly what brought mira and uh, arthur together again so I, I think she's doing a good job of interweaving it even though it's kind of right. separate from the actual monster plot and you know this uh you know lovecraftian stuff that we're doing um but hey it feels like an aquaman book and that's nice mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um but no the, i thought it was handled well here you see the doom signal in the dog's eye which i thought was a nice touch yeah it looks good uh so um but yeah it's it's good. It's that's what Aquaman has been the last since Kelly's just taken over. I really look forward to this book. This is the last one that I read this week. Mm. Like I was saving it. Um, so so yeah, it's it keeps up its quality. Honestly, yeah, it was it was the surefire hit for me this week because Batman, of course, has been up and down. Justice League sometimes can be too wordy for me. Um, yeah. You know, Metal Men and Tales from the Dark Multiverse were both kind of unknown quantities. So this was the one that was like, hey, I know I'm going to like this. <laughs> I know this is going to be good because it's it's been good consistently. So uh, that's like one fifty three. What you what are you rating it? I'm gonna give this one an eight. Eight. I mean, uh, the art's art's a bit spotty, keeping it from going higher. But I really liked the contents and and how it's effortlessly bringing in you know the Mara story, the Manta story, the Mara story, yeah, all this other stuff. It I, I don't feel like it's too much, which can seem like a problem. Yeah, I'm going to go just a nudge higher and say 8.5 for this one, I think, for me. So, there you go. Well, I'll take you on to Jimmy Olsen, issue 4, mm-hmm. Matt Fraction writing with Steve Lieber on the art. So, you're on your own for this one, because that gin is not isn't yeah, here. Yeah, and you stopped on these. But, um, so, in this one, this is the first time that I, I really feel like this book isn't tied into what's actually going on in in Superman, in action, in Lois. Um because the way the fraction writes, it, it feels like such, I don't want to say satire, it's not the right word, but maybe a parody of superhero comics. And I, I want to feel like that's on purpose, but I'm not too sure. Um, but here, you know, T- Jimmy Olsen has died, but Timmy Olsen is now like this this vlogger. And he shows up basically to to, to talk with people um, and, and kind of embarrass them. And it's not a good look. But it keeps getting more ratings. So, like, he'll go up to um, the mayor of Gotham City and ask him if, like, if Latin, if Gotham is Latin for God's toilet. And then when when he gets the reaction that he wants, it comes across, you got all snapped. Right? <laughs> um, and then, like, he's with Dr. Fate and he asks him, he goes, check it. What if we put bees in this dude's hat? And she's like, my helmet, who are you? How did you? And then all of a sudden there's bees in Fate's helmet and you got all snapped. Um, and like he brings a bunch of jokers to to uh, the cookie pagoda to see how many it's going to take before Batman notices. 
And so it, it cuts to him, and he looks like he him, it's him and Lois, and Jimmy looks like he hasn't slept. There's dark circles under his eyes, and she tells him like, "This isn't you, Jimmy. Like you're a Pulitzer Prize winning photographer." He's like, "Yeah, but this gets clicks. That's what the Daily Planet wanted." Um, so it shows a bunch more of these mean spirited things, and she's uh, you know, not happy with it, and. <laughs> They basically say that because um, he's trying to put – he wants Lois's help in piecing the story together. And the weird thing here is Lois goes to smoke, which I didn't think she was you know, an actual smoker. But I don't know if this is for the joke because he slaps the lighter out of her hand and he goes, you're, you're going to burn down my crazy board. And she goes, it's not a crazy board, Jimmy. It's a sociogram. The right words matter. So then again, it, it plays into what we've seen in Rucka's, right? With with her not being able to spell, but knowing how to write and uh, and all of this stuff. And it all points to, to Lex. But the problem with this is, is that because the family history with uh, his his great, 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 whatever, and there's a whole page that, that beautifully shows all that. All How this all plays out with the Luthers is Lois is like, no, you started with Lex Luthor and you worked your way back to fit a narrative. So this is actually just a crazy board, which leaves him nowhere near where he needed it. Um, and then it it goes back to show how, you know, what had happened with him getting kicked out of Metropolis and his, his lawyer um, is basically telling him you know, don't don't say anything. It's his lawyer and landlord, of course. That was mm-hmm. the joke that was set up. And he goes, no, I, I, I can, you know, the the guy that died, um, I can – I was with Superman that night. And that was that issue where we saw him talking with Superman and Superman kept leaving to go do stuff. Um, he's like, let me just contact him. Let me activate my signal watch. So they do, but Superman's busy fighting some bad guys in D.C. and can't show up. Um so he gets taken to jail. Uh, but then you find out that the guy that put him in jail looks like he's working for Lex. And um, he's a dirty detective. And that guy ends up getting killed by it looks like a, an agent of Lex. I'm not sure who this lady is. But she's all cloak and dagger, wearing a dark trench coat, blonde hair, um, and whatnot. So what does Jimmy do? He decides that uh, he's going to take his chauffeur costume and go be uh, Lex's helicopter pilot. Um, where then he reveals all of this to Lex and um, tells him, you know, that I, I know you've done all this to me to ruin me because of our family histories that run together. But Lex is like, no, I've never stooped to killing my enemies, um, Olsen. If they're dead, they'll never see it when it looks like when I beat them. So it's basically Lex going like, yeah, someone is trying to – is out to get you, but it's not me. Um, which then leads Jimmy to be like, all right, um, I know how to fly a helicopter. I don't know how to land a helicopter, so this is where I get out. So he jumps out of the helicopter with a parachute on and leaves Lex to have to pilot it himself. Um, but yeah, so – He's in, now Jimmy's laying low in Gotham, and you see a bunch more of his Timmy Olsen vlogs where he's done stuff 
like uh, steal the steal the Batmobile's wheel, like in the old, uh, you know, Jingle Bells, Batman smells. Um, Robin flew in, away. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so it shows Vicky Bell reporting, and then it also has him. Um, it has him in front of a billboard that's the "Does Jason Live or Die." Right, and Jimmy responds, or if you call the other number citizens of Metropolis, well, guess what? So it's playing off of all this stuff, but when it cuts back to him and Lois after he tells the story of what happened with Lex, he has the Batmobile wheel in his apartment. And so Lois is, you know, <laughs> tells him, you've declared war on Lex Luthor and Batman, the two most dangerous men on Earth. Sure hope you're not planning on escalating things soon. And then it cuts out, and the last page is what looks like the bat signal, but with the Superman S. So we've ruled out Lex Luthor. However, it also looks like one of Lex's, I think it's Tess, Tess Mocker, mm. is the one that's behind. Miss um, Tess Mocker! A lot of this. Yeah. So another funny moment in this is it goes back to low smoking, and that she goes to have a vape, and and Jimmy smacks it out of her hand and goes, no, Lois, vaping's for teens. <laughs> uh, which, that's the hardest laugh I got out of this. So, again, it's starting to feel like it's its own continuity, which is fine. But when we're, when we're, we know now this Superman Heroes thing is coming out, you know, how is this going to play in t- to all of that? Because um, this isn't Apex Lex, right? Like, that's the same Lex that's going on. You know, this is the one problem with continuity that'll give people that don't enjoy continuity is you get wrapped up in all of these little things, and you start pulling the you start pulling that thread and it unravels your sweater. Um, however, I want to see how it all fits together. So, but the art art's pretty good. Lieber, it's, it's still on point. There's this real fun sequence where he goes through his family history, and it's it looks like it's on the the crazy board. But it's like news clippings of, of everything and you follow him as he goes. Like it looks like he's hanging on the thread. And as you follow Jimmy, you follow the way that the bubbles go and it tells the story up to this point. So that was pretty good. And then just the, you know, Lieber and Infraction have great timing when it comes to expressions and whatnot, which just really makes or breaks this book. But no, but I, I overall enjoyed it. I just want to see how... You know, this doesn't feel like the same Lois. I mean, it does, but it doesn't. It doesn't feel like the same Lex that we've seen. So I'm, I'm curious to see how this all plays out. Hmm. Huh? You read it? Yep. So I'm going to give this one an eight. Cool. Um, excellent. Uh, I just actually, I mean, I saw this before we started, but I thought I'll, I'll bring it up now since I've just been reminded of it. Uh, Meiko Giacchino is going to score the Batman. Which is pretty yes. interesting. I mean, hell, I'm saying that. I didn't even mention the fact. That, oh yeah, uh, Paul, uh, what's his face? Dano. Dano has been cast as the Riddler, okay. and Zoe Kravitz has been cast as Catwoman. There was so much Batman movie news this week. <laughs> uh, and you add that to Jeffrey Wright's Gordon. Yep. This like this is just casting alone is is giving Nolan a run. I I don't you know. Here's the thing. I don't want to hope. I have been let down too many uh, times. I I, I don't want to have hope. And this goddamn cast and like the, the composer, all this stuff is building up to try and make me care. And I don't want to care. Not until it's like in front of me. And then it, then it can make me care by by itself. 
No, I'm here. I've been here since Matt Reeve was was in for it. So I like that director a lot. Well, so do I. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is like a modern masterpiece, but I just... I know. mm, Damn it. (laughs) Hey, it's it's not Snyder Batman. So it's automatically a... Automatically, a, a upgrade. That's true. That's true. All right, that'll take us on to Metal Men issue one. Dan Didio writing with Shane Davis uh, on the on the mm-hmm. art. So, so Pete, you're pretty unfamiliar with the Metal Men, right? I mean, I'm familiar with them to a point, but yeah. Yeah, but you're not like, whereas you know their history. And, sure. You know yeah. the response meter and all this other stuff. Um, which is who I think this book was geared toward. So I'm curious to see where you land before I uh, I put my two cents in. Uh, it worked, worked for me well enough. Um, I think, okay. you know, it did a good job of just selling this idea of these, these five uh, robots who think they're sentient and Magnus kind of reveals that, no, you're not really sentient. I've failed every time I've tried. Um, it's the fake sentience pretty well, but you're not really alive. Um, and it simultaneously reveals that from Challenger Mountain, because of all the, the Dark Multiverse stuff, it reappeared. Mm-hmm. There was a liquid metal entity inside the volcano or the mountain, yeah. uh, which they discover. Nth metal. An nth metal, yes. Yeah, li- liquid nth metal. Liquid nth metal. Uh, I can almost see Robert Patrick in my head right now. Um, yeah. So, like, I, I like what is set up i like that he's kind of rejuvenated at the end he's like oh there's a sentient nth metal with a mind of its own oh oh i'm getting in on this i'm going to rebuild my metal men and see what i can do um that's interesting so tell me tell me the history of metal men mm-hmm. is this a huge shock this idea that they've never actually been sentient before yes because there's been so many different versions of them and that each one's a little bit different and uh because of continuity and whatnot and that as it were, so he built the response meters, right? And the response meters is what's responsible for bringing them to life. And that's where the soul of each one inhabits. But also they get character traits from the metal that they're they're based on. So like mm-hmm. iron, of course, iron's always super strong. Lead's super durable. Um, you know, gold's like the heart of the team. And then you had uh, mercury who's, you know, kind of in a liquid state because it's the one metal that's actually in... Uh, you know, can can go into liquid form, and you had Tin, who was always a little bit um, kind of like Piglet from Winnie the Pooh, afraid mm-hmm. of everything, but uh, is there. And then in the '90s, I feel it's the '90s or 2000s, they introduced Platinum, who's this Tina character who you always kind of feel that Magnus had, had put a lot into her, as you know, this was like a woman that had gotten away, and uh, but she was also like. Um, I don't want to say the heart of the team or the soul of the team, but when she came in, it kind of changed the dynamics as it was the first lady, you know, right? And so for basically Didio to come in and say that, no, they've never been truly sentient, sentient because they were all based off of the thoughts and, and uh, attitudes of Dr. Magnus himself. I feel that's real good sci-fi. I don't know if I like that for the Metalman, though. Because it takes a bit of that character away from them and going like, oh no, it was me the whole time. And like these any fun adventures. Well, here's, here's the thing that, though. I feel like yeah. one of two things is going to happen. We're going to get a story here where a sentence is achieved by the end mm-hmm. of the story, right? 
Um, mm -hmm. Or we're going to get to a point here where he realizes that he was wrong and they did have sentience. Yeah. He just didn't understand it. Um, right. And that's where I hope it is because you also – the thing with Dr. Magnus is he's very full of himself. That is his, his fatal flaw is they, they bring it up here that that the other oh, guy – You make – you make – Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah. No, because I, I do love actually when he talks. About, he starts talking about Ivo and uh, and Morrow. He's like, Morrow. yeah. He's like, ah, oh, those pretenders, those charlatans. <laughs> I'm the real scientist. Right. And so yeah, so that was always part of the thing about the metal men because they were all relatively good natured. They would kind of bring the doc down to to you know to his back down to level. Um, but I did like here that they they've all been different. So it all the all the metal men we've ever seen have existed. And they've been different adventures, and what accounts for differences over time? Yeah, but it gives it this kind of dark thing where he's got this yeah. room full of all these all all these dead robots and that it, he's discontinued. And that it always happens, and it just it reminded me of like I forget what movie it is, but you find out that they've been going through these loops, and that only certain people are aware of it. Mm. And like I'm gonna have to tell him because this is what always happens. Do you, uh, I think I like this just in the sense, and again, I don't have super. I mean, I've read Fifty Two, which they're in a, a fair chunk yeah. of, and I've read a few other things. But I, I think I like this on its at least on its own as a dark bit of sci-fi, where there's this really dark tinge to it, where they're just being retried over and over again, and the previous ones are just being abandoned. There is a kind of a sad, dark science fiction take here that I kind of like. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's very Black Mirror with the Metal Men, which to me, I I like lighter. I like my Metal Men. Like my favorite Metal Men story was by um, it was a backup. I forget which book, but with uh, Giffen and McGuire, and it was all very zany and and fun. And that that's how I like my Metal Men. Sure. So it comes out of taste. This was a fine book. I mean, the fact that it's Didio. Sometimes I forget he does have writing chops. Is it, honestly, Didio's not a bad writer. No. I, I mean, I also enjoyed his Outsiders way back in the day, and when he pops in for an issue or two, like uh, Sideways, right? They did all Sideways, did they not? No, 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 because um, maybe he was co-writer? I think he was co-writer on Sideways. Yeah, I think okay, he was there for the whole thing. Yeah, well, let's look this up. Um, Sideways. Which would make a lot of sense for the next book we're going to talk about. Because uh, there's something on the horizon. That is true. There's something else from Sideways popping up in the next the next book. Which I'm glad that I went back and read that after your, um, you know, after how much you love the book. Yeah, because you, now you know who Tempest Fidget is. So. Yes, Tempest Fusionot. Uh Yeah, it was Justin Jordan and Dan Didio at the, at the yeah. start. And then... Um, I think at some point Didio did a few issues on his own as well. Yeah, right he did. And that, that's why I'm trying to find what, what issue... Uh, it doesn't doesn't say, but yeah, I know it was started by Justin Jordan, Kenneth Rockford, and Dan Didio. So, um, anyways, uh, but no, I I ended up liking it. I just it's it's a different take, you know, uh, on on the metal men. Because I like the uh, I like the pages where we actually had like the scientists going to the the, the mountain with the. Uh, you know the couple of lab technicians or whatever and we have like the liquid metal coming up and it's like oh shit something's going down and it's calling for him right like it, it feels like a sci-fi movie it feels yeah. like okay we're introducing the, the monster here and uh he obviously has a sci-fi element where he brings robots with him but like yeah. i don't know it felt like I, I could see this as the start of a movie i'm I, i'm kind of hopeful about this 12 issue book yeah. um yeah. I'm, I'm into it so far 
I, good. I'm, I'm glad. That's that's what I like to hear because again, this is one of the Metal Men are one of those DC properties that like I have a lot of love for, even though I don't have like I can't point to you runs that I'm I'm a big fan of. Sure. I I love the idea. So for someone that's not as familiar oh. to to latch on to it, that that's good. I mean. And because I I re- I left this to last actually I read this right before we started the the show um I, I think I finished this like two minutes before you said you're online um gotcha. and I I I I wasn't like dreading it or anything but it's one of those things yeah. where I, I just didn't know what to expect from it so I just I wasn't excited or unexcited I was just kind of neutral so I just kind of got left to yeah. the end and. I don't know. So far, I'm into, and I, you know, I'll give Daddyo credit that, despite the fact that we always give him shit for kind of like ruining certain things or having these weird shitty opinions yeah. about, you know, legacy characters and Wally West and whatever, he does always seem to like has has the what the stuff he writes or works on himself always does seem to be these weird little passion projects that may not even get greenlit otherwise. <laughs> like yeah. he's done Metal Men. He you know Sideways lasted a bit longer than it might have done. What was it? Was it uh, Demon Knight at the start of New Fifty Two? He always seems to give himself these little niche things that he wants to do. Um, he is passionate about some stuff, and I'll commend that. I just wish he was yeah. passionate about everything that well, DC fans were passionate about. <laughs> yeah, it, it's easy to beat up on him, and as we've seen, because he has been the face of when something doesn't work, he's the one that lays on the grenade. Um, but like, I remember listening to him on fat man on Batman, the dude knows his stuff, like, you know, so as much as it's easy to, to, you know, make him the whipping boy for DC, most of the time his heart is in the right place. And you can kind of tell with stuff like this, where, like you said, you can feel the, you can feel the passion for it. Cause I'm pulling up some of the other stuff that he's done here. Yeah. Um, in the last couple, he the Batman and the Outsiders. I remember that one. OMAC was him uh, back in 2011, 2012. Um, weird Western Tales he did. He did a, a Metal Men story in what Wednesday Comics back in 2009. Um, so the International, no. Future's End, we're not talking about that. That was terrible. But yeah, I mean, he doesn't have a lot on here. He's mainly been an editor throughout his career, but I'm not mad when he does pop into write. No, that's interesting. It's an interesting uh different voice. But I yeah. you know, I was I was into it. I like how it's a sci fi movie. I mean the art's not like um blow me away. It's it's, it's no, dependable. It's fine. But it's not it's you know, fine. There's, there's no like, style like- to it that I, I kinda really like or anything yeah. like that. I do like seeing the different versions of the the, the metal men, like mm-hmm. the the slight differences. So like Tina's head shaped different in some of some of them, yeah, and stuff. But yeah, uh, no, it was good. It was better than I thought it was gonna be. Because again, it's DDO. You're like, oh, how could this? You know, is this just like a a vanity thing? He loves metal men, so we're gonna mm-hmm. write it. And it turns out like it's one of these weird holdovers too with the uh, with with metal. That they try to do with with the what was that line that sideways came from? Um, shoot, what was that called, Pete? What? It was, that's where we got terrifics and. Uh, or oh, um, uh, the new age of DC heroes. New age, yeah. This feels like a weird holdover over to that. Like this should have came out at the same time as those, you know. Mm. Um, but again, with all the doom stuff happening now with. The dark multiverse back on the you know wavelength like this feels like it's at the right time it's weird yeah so uh no i was into it what are you giving it matt 
I'm gonna give it a seven point five. I'll give it an eight. I, I, you know, I was, I was into it. I like what it was doing. Um, I did a good job of just slowing down, just presenting a simple idea of like a, because you know, I like how it starts with Magnus, and we don't really know what he's talking about yet, but he, he just sounds like he's in a bad place, and like, you know, like he's he's kind of lost it. He's he's kind of this disgruntled old scientist, but then he gets like a spark of life at the end when he hears this news. He's like, oh no, I've got reasons to keep trying. I've got reasons to try again. And I kind of like that as a motivation. So, uh, yeah, yeah, ten for me. Um, so that takes out the final book of the week, which is the first of these this new series of one shots, uh, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, uh, Batman Nightfall issue one. Scott Snyder and Kyle Higgins co-writing with Javier Fernandez on the art. And given the amount of dialogue, I'm going to say right now that Scott Snyder just plotted this, and Kyle Higgins did the script because I don't think the yes. dialogue is too heavy. So, yeah, that's my guess. Um, so. We weren't really sure exactly how this was going to tackle this in the sense that I was like, it was just going to tell the story of Nightfall, but with the different elements. And that is not what happens here. Basically, um, it, it, it recaps what Nightfall is supposed to be in about two pages and then says, no, but here's the extra thing that happened at the end that changed it. And we actually jumped 30 years later to see the world where Asriel stuck around, you know, John Paul stuck around as the, the Batman of Gotham City and what that's become. Uh, and then just tells a story in that world. So, yep. And so he becomes Saint Batman, and and what does that mean for Gotham going forward? And everything's changed. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically burns down the city and then gets it rebuilt because he, yeah, rebuilt. Sorry, because he wants to shape it in his image. And hey, man, 20, 2019 was good to Azrael <laughs> between Curse of the White Knight and and uh, Justice League Odyssey, and now this. Like, um, but yeah, he. <laughs> The drive to be Batman also drives him insane, which is what we can say is a thing to... that happens uh, to, to people that aren't named Bruce Wayne. Yeah, well, he has to take Venom to keep his strength up, so he's become yep. addicted to that. Uh, he's getting mm-hmm. sicker and sicker. Uh, so Jean-Paul killed Batman. Batman came back to t- takes the city back from Bane. Yep. He seemed to beat Bane, but Asriel killed Bruce. Or, well, seemingly yep. killed Bruce. He's not actually dead. Well, yeah, because out. he didn't want to... He's Batman now, so he doesn't yeah. want to give it up. So, yeah, so... You know, Bruce gets the sword treatment, and then he takes over, and we don't know what happened to the rest of the Bat family. They're not around, but um, it seems like Jean-Paul has instituted a theocracy around the Order of St. Dumas. Yeah, he's, uh, he's got a wife who, who kind of acts as his Alfred. Um, yep. And we, you know, he is get, he's older, he's like, it's 30 years later. Uh, we find out that he's actually got Bruce still alive. Bruce is just a head and a torso with no limbs, Ooh. on like a machine thing. Ooh. And he just yeah. he comes to him every year just to ask him to admit that his way is better, essentially. Mm-hmm. And Bruce, of course, is never going to do that. Um, and the story of this issue is actually there's an uprising from the League of Shadows. We, we see, or sorry, League of Assassins. Um, and we see, you know, like th- th- this Dumas order. They, they, you know, they, they just behead Penguin, and like his his yep. lackey. And it, and it's Cardinal and the Torchbearer, which are two good names. And I was yeah. hoping that we'd get reveals. We don't, but Torchbearer definitely feels like a Firefly. Just yeah. this flaming sword hooked up to this backpack. Honestly, and then... the, the best piece of art in the issue might be after he's done the beheadings, there's a, there's a panel of him holding the flaming sword up, and he says yeah, for Gotham. Looks... It's a really good yeah, panel. It's good. Looks um, good. Yeah, and um, I'm trying to get to that page now. But yeah, there's um, explosions around the city, and it turns out that there's a this uprising happening, and we have this skinny guy who's like, Oh, you don't know my father. And then he takes Venom and it's like, oh, this is Bane's kid shows up. Yeah. And he and comes to rescue Bruce. 
uh, and it's like, hey, we've got now we've got some we've got a solution for you not having a body. <laughs> Don't you worry. So they've got like a nanotech body form, uh, and it's also uh, uh, also Bane with like a, a hoodie on. It's kind of funny to me. He's got like a hood on. Yeah. Uh, well, and I like that, and I like that. So his power comes from his dad taking so much venom that it got into his genetics, and now he's. I don't want to say Hulk-like, but he but can he, turn it on and off. Yeah, he can naturally Hulk it, out, essentially. huge. Yeah. yeah. And I like that. And then you find out, too, that it's not just him. He has his mom. And uh, his mom's Lady Shiva, which yeah. now I was hoping for Cass to show up as, as older sister, mm. you know. But uh, alas. Um, no, they're here to take, take Gotham back. So they give Bruce a, a body. And, of course... Made out of nano stuff that that's mm. kind of pretty cool like it's almost like a swarm of bats um yeah because we see him like kind of like flying around later you know it's like, it's like there's bats yeah. around them it's kind of a, an interesting image yeah. uh but you know they come to fight him obviously uh and you know Azrael's like no bruce you you're back yeah 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 um yeah. and you know fighting ensues um and what's kind of interesting about this is that you know bruce does win i mean uh Bane's son gets his arm ripped off. I just want to point that because he he Oof. needs he needs a fix of venom, and he knows that venom's inside Bane's son. So he just rips off his arm and then drinks venom from his like severed there, there arm. There's some between the torso of Bruce in this. There's some pretty effed up stuff in this. I, I mean, I guess that's the thing that we're doing this dark multiverse yeah. one shot oh, is we can do dark shit. <laughs> that, I know that sounds like a a it sounds like a complaint. It's not a complaint. I'm just making an observation. Because there's a there's a, that, pan, there's a panel at the end of this where there's just like venom like dripping down his face and his eyes are all yeah. lit up and he's like smiling yeah, with a big better. grin. Yeah, that's a great like psychotic looking panel. Um, but yeah, so so Batman or or Bruce or whatever uh, does what after after Bane's son like stabs uh, Azrael and kills him. And um, then hits him with the backbreaker, which him minus the arm—that is a feat, man. Like it, even Roddy Strong couldn't do that, and he's the messiah of the backbreaker. However, it turns out that Bruce, being a nothing but a head and a torso for thirty years, has turned him into a psychotic maniac. That's probably yep. an oxymoron or redundant or whatever. But no. he kills Shiva and Bane's son with his bat nanotech things, yep. and then has the same look in his face that Azrael had with the big grinning teeth and the yellow eyes. And we find out that he is so far gone because of this, that this, this, this is what it took to break Bruce Wayne, that now he is going to rule like a dictator, uh, yep. just like Azrael was. Um, and what we really need to mention is the wraparound here, where it's Tempest Fujinoid, yep. uh, who, who is, um, or Fujinot, sorry, uh, who yep. is, because it's very crisis, we were seeing all these Earths sort of in, in a row, yeah, uh, and he's talking about how there's this dark multiverse that he can travel to, and something is stirring, um, and it's like this is another failed Earth, this is another failed yeah. dark multiverse. There's no hope for this one. Um, but what's really interesting is it says next death of Superman, and it makes me wonder if all these dark multiverse one shots are building to something. I feel like they are. Between so so we've had Tempest Fujinot now, and he popped up in Sideways, right? And yes. Sideways was tied to metal. Right, he got his powers from from the mountain showing up, and and then we learned that he could jump in between dimensions. That's how he comes into Tempest, and there was a whole interlude arc, right? Remember where he teamed up with the Superboy mm-hmm. to fight all the forgotten heroes. That's kind of we didn't really know about the Dark Multiverse. We did, but not really, right? That very much felt like a Dark Multiverse. And that now Tempest is going through these almost like the monitor, right? And looking at these Earths that are doomed to die. 
and you add that into the, the, the villain series that's coming up that Tynan's doing with Epting. Yeah. And, and the whole doom and chaos and all of this, I feel like there's a crisis afoot. Like there's going to be a legitimate crisis coming because it's been since final crisis. If we want to count that one. Um, but as, as, I mean, as for it depends if you continuity can't... altering. It depends if you count it... Flashpoint, I suppose. Yeah, that's missing the kind of the pieces. That's like a reboot of a crisis. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're like, we're gonna do the same thing, but we're not gonna have the pieces. Well, I, I think like... I think what goes along with what you're saying here is that we've been talking about this fifth age, like you know, because they're split yeah. it into these like four generations yeah. or four ages. I feel like, if, given that we're hearing rumors in 2020 of a fifth age, I feel like what sets up a new age but a crisis, right? It, yep. it kind of makes right? sense. So. so, and metal was kind of a crisis, but not really. That almost sets the stage for this now because we got the Batman who laughs running around with the Secret Six. I, I don't know how how much of this will be that relevant. I don't know if you'll need to have read this to, for this new thing that happens to make sense. But it is the nice tease, and at least this, and obviously each one's by a different writer, so you know a different team, yeah. so the quality will vary. I thought this one was actually kind of a solid read for what it was. Yeah, it was. It's again, I like Higgins. I've I've never been disappointed by a Higgins book, mm. so I, I tend to like his stuff more. That's why I want to read his Power Rangers. I'm not, uh, you know, I, I have them. I have not read them though. It was a little bit longer. I was obviously these are the bigger sort of, uh, you know, forty page books. Um, yeah. but it read, it read smoothly enough and uh, I, I enjoyed kind of the dark nature like I really liked the, the, the like the the arm ripping off and drinking the venom straight from the, the blood of the well, arm was so and then good he strings, yeah and then he strings up uh, Jean-Paul's corpse at the end the last page yeah across Gotham to be a, a symbol on display you know, that, as a message yeah, that a broken Bruce that never gets to recover is the worst possible you know so, but yeah, I like that. I like how it, he becomes Saint Batman. At the I, end. I realize this sounds like a parody of myself because I'm Scottish, but it made me think of Braveheart a little bit. Because at the end of Braveheart, oh? uh, you know, you hear that uh, Edward Longshanks, you know, had William yeah. Wallace displayed everywhere all across yeah. the country. Um, yep. It was a warning. That's what it reminded me of. Um, so, yeah, surprisingly, it was a solid book. Obviously, it will vary probably based on the writers, but interesting. We've got this. This. Uh, this like sort of narrator, this voyeur in Tempest Fujina, who is going to presumably be there at the start and the end of each issue, kind of watching these. What's he looking for? And is the final one that we get before whatever event or book that it leads into, which I, I think is going to happen. I think it's leading to something. Maybe not directly. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I, I could see I could yeah. see it ending and then there been a couple of months and then we get an announcement of something and find out, hey, yeah. that, that those one shots... They were all kind of like leaning into this. They, they were seeding the ground, yeah. Because also Batman, Superman with Williamson. So mm-hmm. we all know that they're they're pretty high on Williamson and and Tynan. Look at the the high profile books they're on. Yeah. You know. So if they're working on something together, like who we they both seem to be leading to the same spot. So I'm I'm here for it. Whatever. Even if nothing comes of this, I like that Tempest is that character. Almost like a watcher, you know, or a monitor. Like, um, I, I always sound so simple, but just that little thing at the end saying next time death of Superman, yeah. I'm like, you don't usually say that at the end of a one shot. This no. is interesting. This is them saying, though, these are kind of connected in some loose way, and there, there might be an end game kind of in, in involved of some kind. If not in the one shots themselves, whatever they're kind of setting up. Uh, not yeah. that I necessarily think, again, I don't think they'll be required reading for whatever's going to come from no. it, but. 
So so here we go. Here's we're gonna jump down Matt's conspiracy hole here. Oh god. Is that the name Tempest Fugitive? Right, goes to time flies. So he's a not you know as a traveler. You know, zero hour wasn't quite a a crisis, right? But it changed things. It altered the time in order to to restructure DC at the time. So it almost makes you wonder if this is going to be a type of time crisis. Whereas Crisis was dealing mm. with the multiple, multiple Earths and all of this. Well, now we only have 52. We don't have Infinite Earths anymore. But we have Infinite Dark Multiverse. Perpetua, now the creator of the multiverse, has risen to power. So that makes me wonder if... Uh, remind me of the bad guy in, in Metal. The the bat god. Oh, Barbatos. Barbatos. Makes me wonder if Barbatos is is almost the perpetua of the dark multiverse, right? Mm. And now the multiverse has won. Somehow someone's going to create something that brings these dark worlds to life. And that's what, the, you know, that's going to alter things or whatever. I don't know. But with, with the name that Tempest Fugit means, time flies. And this is the guy now. Like, I don't know. Not to be confused with the villain Tempest Fidget from Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, which was a fun set of episodes. I don't remember but, those. Which, which also had Because H.G. Wells literally showed up with a time machine, and Tempest Fidget was this guy in the future who stole the time machine and tried to, like, you know, basically become successful and powerful by going out of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, really fun. Like, season three and four of that show were not that good, but those episodes were pretty good. They tried to make it fun, at least. They did. It was very pulpy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have fun with that. Even the bad seasons, I have fun with that show. Anyway, yeah. um, no, nah, so book, this book was good, and, I, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the next stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny. We actually had another question come in on Twitter, which I think can nicely tie into the discussion of this book. Um, but, but I mean, it's a bit of a negative question, admittedly, but I, I, it does tie into this because it does kind of hear it. This is from um, at Glenn Reads Comics. Uh, why is DC doubled down on the Snyderverse and dark doom and gloom sales across the board are dropping on almost every DC title? Do the powers that be really think this is what the consumer base wants? And I think if, if you're sick of the darker stuff, yeah, okay, this isn't going to help <laughs> because it is, here's the multiverse. There's dark multiverse. Here's arms yeah. been ripped off and misery and uh, everything. I don't feel like this is not synergy at play. I feel like Snyder's plan with, you don't bring back the Justice Society in a dark world. You know, sure. those are shiny, bright, I'll t- hopeful. I'll t- I will tell you, know? you if, I, if I have a complaint about anything right now about the, the line with the Snyder stuff, is just this forced tie-in bullshit with oh, yeah. every, every, all these other books have to see the symbol in the sky. They have to get the little yeah. drone with the offer or whatever. Like yeah. All that stuff, I could have done with it, all that. Yeah, yeah, happily. yeah. So th- this definitely plays into there, – there's light at the end of the tunnel here. But I feel Whatever like, it's gonna be. But I feel you like know? if you're if you're not into the Snyder side of the DC corner right now, maybe you're not a Bendis fan. But I feel like Bendis's corner yeah. is much more uh, hopeful bright and, and light, bright yeah. for the most part. Obviously, Between, Event Leviathan's a bit darker, but it's it's definitely more fun. And yeah, but I still feel like once that's all settled, it's not what we think it is. Because because so, Young Justice is nothing but fun. Superman and Action mm-hmm. are typically a very sort of fun light. Yeah, uh, thing. The Wonder Comic stuff. I mean, you guys like Dial H for the most part. Yeah, I like yeah. Wonder Twins. So, uh, you know, you have Superman, 
Lowe's is kind of dark, but that's because that's that book, the Jimmy Olsen books, as I just said. Of course, it's a whole yeah. lot of fun. It's, it's, so, kind of, it's, it's, it's a weird time right now because I don't yeah. think what they're building to just now is as good as like the you know, the built Infinite Crisis, but I do feel yeah. the cohesive universe build there. There's something going on, which is nice. Yeah. Um, it's just a question of how much we like it or dislike it and does it work from a story perspective I, I think it's easy to be cynical right now especially since we're so soon after uh, Heroes in Crisis and there's a couple of things that are a big problem still you know Dick Grayson needs to be fixed that's for sure Like that, that's, an, that's, a, that's in a rough place uh, Wally of course coming from Heroes in Crisis um, and there's a, there's a couple of things that, that aren't quite there yeah but i also feel like they're fixing harley right i feel like she's not she's she's gonna be cohesive for the first time in a while throughout stuff that's going on like there's these little seeds superman's being re not restructured but re like re-strengthened right Mm. he's he's re-fortified i guess is the word um to to kind of what he was before the whole new 52 gamble where they try to make him young because young is more relevant yeah, you know? I mean, when Shazam comes out, that's a bright, hopeful book. That's a bright, hopeful book. I mean, not right now with King Shazam running around, but but hey, we'll we'll get to the end of it. Um, no, I I just, I mean, there is a lot of dark stuff in DC, um, and you know, but at the same time, I can't really shit on it because my favorite book of the last while was Harley Issue One, which obviously was a dark, mature yeah. take on one of the characters, yeah. which works for some characters, does not work for others. Um, no. Nope. But I don't know there's enough good stuff in here. It's just maybe not necessarily the the most obvious main stuff that you maybe hoped it would be yeah. at any given time. Well, and this is proof of the metaverse is that one like the state of the world where we are right now, it's looking bleak. It's looking grim across across the globe. Like art's gonna reflect that, you know. And it's we always need that hopeful stuff. So I feel like Bendis is fighting that with Superman and allowing Superman to do what he needs to do. I mean, um. I think that's why Dick hurts so much because and, and Wally is, and Wally as well to an extent is that those characters are so inherently hopeful. But, but I mean, we've said yeah. in the past of the heart and soul of the DCU. So yeah. having them be in these miserable plot lines where they're just not themselves or or what for you know in yeah. different ways for each of them, but that that kind of is why those hurt so much because it feels not only are they out of character, they're doing stories that we don't want to see with those characters. Is that those are where I typically look for for the hopeful, upbeat kind of we can do better, we can accomplish things, we can, yep. you know. Batman can be. I mean, I like a, a, I like Batman story occasionally. Don't get me wrong, but Batman can be dark and fits being dark, and will probably be dark most of the time. So, yeah, that's fine. Well, that's what I always appreciated with with Batwoman too. Batwoman could do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, her whole her whole backstory is with her sister and how dark that is, and then she becomes a soldier. And what does that do to her and her relationship with her dad? You know, that's all prime for the dark. So there's there's room for it, you know. But if you're if you're upset with that, I mean, there's still there's still light books out there, like Pete was saying. Yeah. You know, you just gotta look for them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, obviously, not everything they're doing right now is for everyone, but there is definitely, mm-hmm. I think, bright spots in there if you want the lighter stuff and yeah. the happier, the hopeful stuff, which I do want as well. It's like, because yes. you know, no, no one was complaining more about everything being just grim and whatever during the New 52 well, than me. Like, I was yeah. adamantly. Well, that's because that was a bored, boring rim. That was like late 90s, kind of. Ew. The funny thing is, like though, that. is that there's, there's older fans than us who think that uh, the build-up to Infinite Crisis was too grim and they wanted the lighter 80s stuff and 70s stuff of their childhood. Yeah, and So was, it's definitely a so generational much. thing. So there's definitely... It is. 
Yeah, but like the death of Blue Beetle paved the way for them. Like, you know what I mean? That was a like, good story. That was a yeah. thing. That was so captivating. That, that's I thought another, it was captivating. Throwing back to Talking Superman's question, there's one that I forgot about. Flipping mm. Max Lord shooting flipping Ted in the face. Actually, now if I'm picking one from that whole saga, it's definitely uh, the next snap, Wonder Woman with Maxwell Lord. That's with Max Lord. That's mm. a, yeah. Who we and sacrifice? Yeah, it's. But yeah. There's good stuff out there, guys. Damn it. <laughs> we have to do something. I don't know if it's like a Patreon thing or what, but I, I I do like the idea of like going through that entire, like, you know, from, from that countdown to Infinite Crisis one shot all the way up to the end of Infinite Crisis, like one one yeah. issue at a time over like years. You let me know. That's, that is my jam. That is my favorite comic era. So that, you let me know. We can try to work something out. That, that'd be such a fun thing to do. Um, I got I got notes and stuff. <laughs> I did. I did a whole paper in college on on the grim and grittiness of comics of that just, uh, of that era. Not that I have the omnibus anymore, but just use the omnibus yeah. order as a guide and just go through yeah. every issue the, uh, one at a time. I remember getting to write in a legitimate, not academic, because it was just for class, about using the word Superboy Prime punching reality, and I and it you know <laughs> it made a cohesive. Argument. I love it. So, yeah. Oh dear, I stopped promising the content, Matt. We'll we'll never hear the end of it when it doesn't happen. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So uh, Tales from the Dark Multiverse uh, was a solid first outing, I thought. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as a horror fan, I enjoyed the arm getting ripped off and <laughs> <laughs> the blood drink. Yeah. Plus, you know, it's just kind of, it's not exactly an Elseworld, but it's Elseworld in the sense that it's a different Earth, yeah. and it's we can do whatever we want here. Uh, so. What are you giving it? What are you giving the? What did you, you think of the art? Actually, it's fine. It, it's not Fernandez. I mean, it's, yeah, um, Fernandez is is okay, but you could definitely tell he was trying uh, to to get that style of the mid you know nineties Batman comics. Oh sure, especially you know? I I did think actually because the panel where it shows you Bane breaking Batman's back and it was yeah. meant to look like that page did did, did yep. a decent job with the coloring it and did. stuff. Well, to... and the sharp angles on Batman too. Yeah. Um, when he when he becomes Saint Batman at the end. It has it, it of that period too, so I'm not gonna beat it up for that because I'm not a fan of that style. You know, I I love the idea that you know someone who doesn't know him very well or doesn't know what's going on, like for some reason meets him at your studio, right? Fernandez's studio, and they walk in and he's got like the page from like Nightfall up in his screen and he's like kind of looking at it for as a, for, as a reference. And he's like, and someone just is like, "What well, do you just copy everything? Do you just copy old comics all the time?" And I'm like, "No, I'm, I need to recreate this page as part of the story." It's not always this easy or hard yeah. or you know what I mean. Like I just love yeah. the idea of someone walking in thinking, "Oh, a professional comic artist." Well, you're just copying this old comic. You're just sitting looking at it. And- well, I I remember seeing a thread that that or they started this whole thing on Twitter that that real artists aren't tracers, and it was like, well, no. And even Neil Adams is like, well, you, you don't always trace, but sometimes you have to because at the rate of which we work. You can't do everything perfectly. Yeah. Also, you know? I mean, and just the idea that you know artists don't no. copy. Well, no, of course you copy. Yeah. And, and this is not just for you know art in a comic book. Like yeah. everyone who yeah. becomes an artist or a creator of some kind is influenced by others, and your work yeah. always starts off as a concoction of all this other people you like, and then you know you find your own voice kind of in there and your own little sort of niche or, or whatever, and yeah. you know. But like, yeah, there's a, you know there's nothing wrong with that. Like. That's no. fine. That's just, that's just normal. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, Tarantino's made a, a complete career off of aping <laughs> other people's stuff. 
and he makes it work for him. Like that's yeah, not but a to be fair, but it's, the funny thing is though, yeah, but the funny thing is though is even though Tarantino stuff is a is a concoction of all those other movies that he loves, it always feels like Tarantino. You never yeah. mistake it for anything other than a Tarantino. You, you can hear his dialogue sounds like Tarantino. Yeah. The way he shoots his actors is Tarantino-esque. Yep. So, yep. anyway. Uh, what are you giving the, the uh, Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Batman Nightfall? I'm going to give this one an 8. I like this one. Yeah, I'll give it a solid 8 too. I thought it was solid. So, uh, there you go. That was the final book. Which will take us on to the part of the show where we pick our favourite stuff of the week, favourite panel, slash moment, favourite art, favourite cover, and of course, top five books. And I literally read five books this week, so... So I got one, I'll two, be ranking three, them. You'll have four, six, presumably. Five. I have six, so I know which one's getting left off. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for this. Uh, so, yeah, so best by panel, slash moment, we'll start with then, Matt. What you got? Uh, my, mine's going to be the anti-monitor saying, uh, Hail Perpetua. That mm. was that was a cool moment. I wanted to go also from Justice League when when Commandy brings all the heroes because sure. that was that was super cool. I mean anything with the Justice Society, but there's something about seeing Anti Monitor's crusty face show back up that hit that nostalgia right in the right spot. Jules, what to most in Batman if it had a better art, if it had a good artist in, in general might have nailed a moment oh, here. Like, but again, Bane taking up that whole page. Mm-hmm. That's how Bane should be presented right but not by jrjr no looks, offense man yeah i just feel like he's gonna hear this and then i'm gonna see him at a con he's right. gonna like single me out like this would never happen but still super nice guy just not i don't like his art style yeah um i think for, yeah i've got a couple of options here i i, I like um in Aquaman, I really like that panel of Mira, uh, her eyes lighting up before she's about to go to town on, uh, on yeah. you know, Manta, Mecca, Mecca Manta. The, me- the Mecca Manta. Yeah. Um, I really like that panel. Uh, I also very tempted <laughs> with uh, the crazy panel of Asriel uh, with the venom all over his face after <laughs> drinking it out of the severed arm. Well, not even severed. Like, is it severed when it's just ripped out like that? <laughs> I, I mean, it's a torn off. It's not no longer part of the body. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like severed implies cut. This was not a cut. Yeah, no. <laughs> this 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 was just a a brutally Torn. ripped off. Yeah, uh, I'm probably gonna go with that. Uh, what's interesting though, they're b- both of those panels that I was picking from them were both close ups of faces with eyes that were lit up and uh-huh. uh, so you know. But I'll go with that. Uh-huh. But with the mirror as a, a close second. Uh, cover of the week, Matt. What do you have for that? This one's tough because all the variants are 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 um, deceased based. Yeah. So well, I don't know. Matina, I'm not a fan the, of a lot of them. The Matina Batman one, I don't think is. That's just Bane breaking Batman's yeah. back. Yeah. That looks quite good, actually. Um, I think I'm gonna go with the Batman Nightfall, uh, Dark Multiverse. Just it's got Azrael lifting him up above, city on fire behind him. Sure. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, I'm probably gonna be simple and go with the uh, Matina Batman variant. Um. Yeah, we've got a rule where we don't take, um, you know, books that weren't mm-hmm. read or covered on right. the show, because uh, otherwise, you know, Superman uh, versus the Clan or smashes the Clan rather. That that would have been the trying to get it read, but it, man, it is not that it's dense, but Yang really is taking his time. It's just a so, long, it's eighty pages. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And I got about a third through it, and I was like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to finish this. So, yeah. 
That's oh, a good cover, though. Actually, having said that, there's a Matina Justice League variant as well, which is also really yeah. nice. Oh, my. Matina, man. Like... Yeah. His covers are um, just stunning. Um, I'm probably still going with the Batman one, but that that's Justice League one is close. Uh, really nice. All right, cool. Uh, so that is cover. Uh, so best art of the week, then. This one's kind of tough, too, because they're all kind of along the same lines, but I think I'm going to give it to Justice League. Mm. Uh, redondo. Um, yeah, yeah like, obviously there's a standout for worst this week, uh, mm-hmm. but for me, there's not like a like a, a complete, you know, five-star art book this week. Yeah. Uh, so I think for me, I'm probably going to go with Fernandez on Tales from Dark Multiverse. I think yeah. Well, it's not as super consistent. There's definitely some great panels on there that I really, really liked. Uh, yeah. Obviously, uh, not that we usually pick a worst, but I'm just going to say Batman for worst because it was <laughs> by far. So there you go. Um, so there you go. Uh, so then top five books of the week, Matt, go. So number one is going to be Justice League. Number two is going to be Aquaman. Number three is Batman Nightfall. Uh, number four is Jimmy Olsen. Number five is Metal Men. Cool. Uh, my number one uh, will be Aquaman. My number two will be Metal Man. Uh, number three will be Batman Nightfall. Number four will be Justice League. And number five will be Batman. Hmm. That's all the books I read. So, um, hmm. so no. uh, not a bad week, actually. I mean, as much as there maybe wasn't some standouts, like hmm. some stuff, but I think there was some interesting things in there. Yeah. Uh, so that is that uh, which means I will tell you what's coming next week um, once my page loads there you go uh, <laughs> and I get to table view I don't want images for this one hmm. alright so coming next week and it's a biggie I think as Matt was implying before uh, we started so we have Action Comics 1016 we have Aquaman yep. Annual number 2 yeah, so I was reading this, and it is Kelly Sue. So this is just basically the next chapter. Well, cool. I mean, um, that, that always makes me more excited, yep. excited I think. Yep, uh, and so. it's uh, Vita Ayala, uh, art and cover. Ooh. Wait, no, co-writing. Uh, Victor uh, Ibanez Victor is, is, is it, the... Well, is it co-writing, or is it a backup by... No, yeah. it just says writer Kelly Sue DeConnick and Vita Ayala. So there might be a, a backup. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's basically... It's always specified, because sometimes that just means they've done a backup, yeah. Yeah, so a year of the villain tie-in, when an assassination attempt on Aquaman tears through amnesty-based Founders Day festivals, yeah. tensions between Aquaman... Yeah. This is the next chapter, then. You have to read this if you're reading Aquaman. Yep. Um, also, worse, Aquaman dog Salty has gone missing. Can Aquaman <gasps> save the festival and find his dog before Amnesty Bay tears itself apart? So... That's probably the backup. I'm excited for this. Um, that's cool. Yeah, that's probably the, the, the Vita backup. Yeah, that's that's cool. So, I am loving, 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 loving Aquaman right now. Yeah, so Reaction Comics Aquaman Annual. Uh, Batgirl yeah. number 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman Beyond 37 is out, although, of course, we don't typically cover that. Yeah. Uh, Batman Curse of the White Knight issue 4. I'm sure you're excited for that. Uh, oh. Batman Superman number 3, next chapter of that from Williamson. Black Adam, You're the Villain issue 1. Not one of those one shots. Yep. Uh, Books of Magic 13 is out Detective Comics 1014 is out Dial Age for Hero number 8 is out and then we have The Flash 81 coming out Freedom Fighters number 10 is out Justice yeah. League Dark 16 Martian Manhunter number 9 
We have Red Hood Outlaw 39. We have Swamp Thing Giant number one, which we, we, we've not been covering those, but I uh, just mentioned mention it's there. No, but I'm going to look real quick to let people know if they want. New cover by Doug Mankey. Uh, this issue includes two new stories. The beat goes on. God damn it. Bye. A 16-page story by Mark Russell with art by Marco <laughs> Santucci. Uh, and kind of eight-page story by Andrew Constant with art by Tom Mandrake. Interesting. Oh, man, Mark Russell has become my Tom Taylor cipher. <laughs> to, I will read anything that he puts out. So yeah, we have the, shoot. Next up, we have the Terrifics number twenty-one. Wonder Woman eighty-one is out, uh, and that wraps it up. So, how many books have I got next? We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That's actually that bad. Actually, it's not actually a super big week for me. Two, three. Don't math. Counting comics. Six. Counting comics. Seven, eight. Counting comics. Ten. Baby. And that's me counting Freedom Fighters. So if I get through three issues of Freedom Fighters, <laughs> I might pull a Connor. I don't fancy your um, chances, uh, <laughs> to be yeah. honest. But. Uh, so, no, so me a week, but not not super huge. Yeah, uh, no. and uh, we're talking about covers. There's gonna be some uh, some fighting for covers next week. Is that a fact? So, for for me at least. Okay. So, yep, yep, yep. Wait, hold on. That action comics Jamal Campbell cover is interesting, actually. Yeah. You're gonna be curious. So I've, I've clicked back to the thumbnails so I can see uh, <sighs> see what the covers look like. I just know that Flash cover is fantastic. Oh, uh, the variant? No, the the main cover with all the hands up. I like a, I like I like that. Um, oh right, I see. Yeah. Oh, with the rogues. Okay, I see. Mm-hmm. White Knight's got a couple of good covers. The uh, action, like you said, Batman Annual. Oh yeah. There's, there's, there's Jenny Frisian's Wonder Woman, as always. There's, there, there's a interesting batch, but uh, we'll find out what wins next week, won't we? Uh, yeah. So that, I mean, that's basically the show. That's one seven seven, uh, of comics from the multiverse. We're still going in the one seventies. Still um, going. Yeah, I mean, it, it's actually a while away. Yeah, it'll be like April before this happens, but we actually have to start thinking about what, what, what we're going to do for two hundred because we have to do something for two hundred. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna have an intervention for Connor. <laughs> oh dear, yeah, maybe. No, we shouldn't drink, joke about alcoholism, but with Connor, it's fine because he knows he has a problem. Uh, yeah, as lovers been screwed for years, it's fine. Yeah, I mean. Is that any extra damage now? Uh, but yes, uh, that is because from the Multiverse 177. Of course, you should let us know what you thought of this week's books, either on Twitter, at DC Comics Podcast. Also follow that for updates and retweets of things and all sorts. Uh, you can, of course, support us uh, by by following and liking and subscribing, ding the bell on YouTube if you're if you're watching there to make sure you always get notifications. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can support us financially by going over to patreon.com slash TV. We can support us for as little as a dollar per month and get some bonuses for your efforts and uh, some some voting rights at the higher tiers and things like that. And maybe me and Matt will actually bring that crisis idea to fruition. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, 
I have to find room, but it's something I'm about. So I, I don't think I'd be able to talk Matt into extra extra work, but uh, there it is. I just had to dangle the right thing in front of him. Um, yeah. But <sighs> that is uh, that is something you can go do. Go, go to Patreon. Uh, and then other than that, you know, check out other stuff we do. Obviously, me and Connor did television for the multiverse a few days ago. Uh, talked about Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, and Batwoman. Uh, next week's episode will just be me on my own because Connor's absent for a week on vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's going every week if you want to hear us talk about the DC TV shows. And check out other stuff. Oktoberthon's going on, which is uh, what we call October on our Screams After Midnight podcast. That is a horror movie podcast that me and Tim do. And we've been putting out an episode every single day in October. So check that out if you're into horror movies and maybe you'll find some stuff there worth uh worth checking out so uh but that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep reading dc comics guys and remember to never get lost in the speed force and and don't help perpetua it's it's bad for your skin <laughs>